Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. Welcome back, everybody, to the Almost Sideways podcast. We are so glad you are joining us. This is episode 156. We are coming to you uh, recording this Sunday, December 19th, 2021 at 3 p.m. Pacific time. I'm your host, Terry Plucknett. Joining me, Zach Saltz, and once again, filling in for Todd, Adam Daly. Good to see you guys. Uh, so we, we were just talking a little bit off air and we decided we wanted to talk about it on air. Um, we, we won't be recording a, an episode next weekend because it's Christmas and, uh, yeah, I know. Well, right? Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And so, we should uh, do a deep dive of a Christmas movie, but the funny yeah, thing is, yeah, we should do that. We should do that. Let, let you know what, we're, let's throw an audible in there. We're doing that right now. I think, uh, so. but no, uh, we're always, I mean, there's always a ton of releases on Christmas and we're not recording a podcast Christmas weekend. So you're just going through the list of everything that's coming out next weekend. And uh, I just want to, because there's a lot. And Zach's comment was, yeah, it's a whole lot of nothing. So we're going to go through this and actually talk about a little bit about what's coming out next weekend and and seeing how much interest there is in, in all these different movies. Because from what I see it, there's nine eight or nine, like what you could say, significant releases coming out uh, next weekend. So right, theatrically, you, you should ahead. say the movie and, and we should give it like a scale of like one to five in, in interest or one to 10. Okay. Good call. okay. There we go. There we go. All right. So, uh, so theatrically we have the matrix resurrections. Is it one to five or one to 10? Uh, let's go one to five. Okay. Uh, 3.5. 3.5. And what would you say, Zach? Two. Two. I'll, I'll say three. Uh, the King's Man. One. Negative ten. It, it's it's gotten bad reviews. It looks terrible. Yeah. I'm tired of I the hate, trailer. I'm tired of I hate scene. Scene. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like four. I love I, those really. movies. I hate I that trailer. <laughs> that trailer is getting annoying. I saw it four times this weekend. So, so those I, movies are ridiculous. So I'm, I saw, I'm, I'm excited. Did you guys see the new trailer for the new Mark Rylance movie that I thought for the first 50 yes. seconds was the Kingsman because I thought it was Ray Fines. That <laughs> actually looks a lot better, but pretty much anything looks better than the Kingsman. Oh man. <laughs> I'm excited for that. All right. Licorice pizza. Uh, 4.5. 400 million. And five. Five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. yeah. Uh, this is limited theatrical, but getting a, getting a wider streaming release in a few weeks, a tragedy of Macbeth. I think that's a five out of respect. Yeah, I, I, respect, I'm, I'm there yeah. too. I'm there too. Uh, sing two. Three. Three. Uh, I'll give it a two for Terry because I, I know he wants to see it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say I'll say like a four. Yeah, four or five. The, the trailer looked pretty good. And the, the first one wasn't horrible. So The first yeah. one was awesome. Yeah. The first one was awesome. Okay. Uh, a journal for Jordan. This is the Michael B. Jordan movie where he's the soldier, writes back to his kid. I would rather see that than sing two, so I'll go three. Whoa. Whoa. I'll say like two. I'll say one. One. Not really interesting. You just don't respect Denzel? The last I saw, Denzel was a pretty good director. That's true. That is true. Okay. I didn't quite realize that he was just directing that, so maybe I'll go 2.5. 
Uh, American Underdog. Five. The Kurt Warner story. Five. Four. Yeah, four. I'm Can't actually more on board of that now. Yeah. Anna Paquin as Brenda is inspired casting. I'll go. I'll go three. I'll go three. Yeah, Dennis Quaid as uh, the coach. Well, Come yes, you, you have an uplifting PG De- uh, sports movie. Done, Dennis Quaid has to be in it. Has Dennis Quaid done crying scenes? Because I think you gotta you gotta be prepared to 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 weep a bit. Get the hanky out if you're Dipper Meal. Very true. Very true. Uh, then on Netflix, you have Don't Look Up. Zero. That, that that's getting bad reviews. I hated Vice. I do like the uh, Jonah Hill Meryl Street press tour, though. They've had some very entertaining uh, interviews lately. I'll say I'll say three. Yeah, might as well. I'll say three as well. It's that's my boy Leonardo. So it's gonna suck. We'll, we'll see. I I liked Vice more than anybody any of you guys. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not yeah. a completely against uh, Adam McKay. Uh, and then uh, on Prime coming out on Christmas is being the Ricardos. I think I'm at a four. I think I saw the trailer for the first time a couple of days ago. I think Kate. Uh, I think no, that's not Kate. That's Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. My, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett passed that up to be a Nightmare Alley. Oh. There you go. Well, you know, yeah, I uh, I go, go three. Probably a, a movie that I'm prepared to uh, critique against Todd's defense of it if he comes back on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one that when I first heard about it, I I was like a one, and since I've been hearing decent stuff about it, I'm I'm probably around a three now. And yeah. I mean, Aaron Sorkin rarely steers me wrong, so yeah, um, yeah. I'm a four because that. Uh, free streaming is going to be great. Great. Oh, yeah. that's a good reason, Adam. I, I take mine up to four too. I'm not paying for that. That should yeah, be that should impact your score, actually. Well, it should impact your score, and don't look up too, because that's Netflix. Okay, I'll give it a point zero point five. Okay, there we go. See, it's still like two and a half hours long. But so here's the crazy thing, though. That's all next weekend. That is all coming out next weekend. Hey, listen, see, Zach, this no is one... why I said that that West Side Story would be out of theaters by Christmas because all of this crap's coming out. I think the real lesson of this, Terry, is that no one wants to spend time with their families. The studios know that. They are ready. It's like when The Irishman came out. You don't think that was on accident? A three and a half hour movie? That got <laughs> millions of people through Christmas that year. Zach was talking to his what father-in-law. Oh, we watched it. We watched it. Actually, I, I think we turned it on the next day, too. That was a great family uniter in a way that we, so what, we never had to actually talk or communicate. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> I can imagine Sam is a fan of the Irishman. He did like the Irishman, actually. Yeah, he had a good time. It, it reminds it reminds me of the days when we were at your wedding and and Todd and Gertson and I cast the entire cast of The Godfather with Sammy's family. Yeah, it's a little too close to home. I don't think my father-in-law has disliked any movie though. So it, I think it's three and a half hours. It's just a, it's it's a good. It's it, that's good. Oh, uh, that's great. All right. I'm glad we recorded uh, that. Uh, yeah, that's good. That was good. That was good. Uh, Zach, what are you drinking? I'm finishing up the eggnog. I'm leaving for California in three days. So like like the milk in the McAllister house, if this shit doesn't get drunk, it's going in the trash. And uh, I'm drinking it right now <laughs> profusely. Very nice. Very nice. Adam? I got uh, myself a nice uh, white Russian here. So And then I got a couple other wintry beverages here, too, that you might appreciate. A winter hook, winter ale, and then I got a. There's also a stormy surge hazy IPA with like the oh. crack in there or something like that. So we'll see if those no, happen. No burr. 
You you didn't get any burr? No, 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 no. Not not brave enough for that. Not brave <laughs> enough for that. All right. Well, I've got uh I went to the brewery and um there there was one that I was like, okay, this has the right name for today, because I mean we're deep diving Christmas vacation today. And and so I was there they have one that's called Tree to Tree. And I thought that'd be kind of a clever nod to, to Christmas vacation. But it's a Kolsch and a, a a cold wintry day, a Kolsch didn't feel right. So instead I went with this is that a Freem brewery in Hood River? This is the uh Belgian strong dark ale. And it is really good, and it is ten percent. So that it's gonna be, we're gonna have some fun. It just looks what? like a patera on your chest. That's what it does. That's what it yeah, looks it, like. yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. It just warms you up inside. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, make sure you're subscribing, rating, reviewing all over the place, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, tell everyone else about it uh, so you they can hear it. Uh, especially, I mean. It's Christmas time. We're talking a, a classic Christmas movie today. I'm sure others are going to want to hear this too. So, uh, so let them all know. All right. Well, let's talk about what we've been watching this week and let's start with Adam. All right. So I had watched a couple things here, but though, I guess the one big thing that I can talk about, there's two things I kind of want to report on both MCU related, I guess I finally went to see Eternals and yeah, oh. I, I, I fell asleep. So did I. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers. Well, well, he also friend. fell asleep during West Side Story. So, I mean, West Side Story was considerably better than Eternals. So, uh, I thought it started off super amazing. I like really liked Eternals. Like, oh, people will really hate on this for no reason. And then I was like, what happened like 20 minutes ago? Oh, yeah, I, I was snoring. That's what happened. Uh, and then I woke, I was off and, off and on. Uh, I don't know. I have to rewatch this one. I think it has a lot of potential to set up bigger, grander things in the MCU with the Celestials. Kind of, I kind of know some <laughs> of the stuff that could be coming, especially after they bought off Fox. But uh, the Eternals, not ah, two stars. Uh, I, I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, hey, it's, that's also streaming in January, too, coming up on Disney+. Plus. But the one thing that's really good that I watched was Hawkeye, the TV show. I'm not sure if you guys are oh, watching this. Not yet. I, think that's the, I think that's the best show that they've done so far. Wow. Um, wow. Super that's excited for it. Uh, especially uh, the season finales this upcoming week. They revealed something really huge the very last episode. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are following it or anything, but there's some cool ties to other movies that have come out this year. That's all I'll say about it because it is something that's worth worth experiencing. But it's definitely one of my favorite things that they the Marvel MCU has done up to this point so far this year. We'll talk about another movie later, but uh, the Hawkeye, really awesome show. Looking forward to the season finale, and hopefully some stuff ties in to other bigger projects. That's what I'll say. So watch Hawkeye. Cool. You are, of course, talking about the spinoff of Mash, starring Hawkeye and uh, Captain Klinger, and uh, you know, oh, Robert Klinger's John. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah, Hot Lips, Frank. Yeah, <laughs> Radar. Have Amazing. you ever heard Bill Hader's Alan Alda impression? Yes, is, I actually it is have. beautiful. It yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's great writing. <laughs> I don't, it, that that one is so specific, but he is so spot on with it. Uh that's a good one. All right. Uh Zach, what did you watch this week? 
Okay, so I watched a uh, new, just came out, released uh, on on Prime, and I think in some theaters, uh, the new film The Novice, uh, oh, I wanted to directed see this one. by Lauren Hathaway. Yeah, you should see it, Adam, because uh, the director of this movie, Lauren Hathaway, uh, is probably best known as someone who worked on the sound design for your favorite movie of the 2010s, uh, Whiplash. I, I don't know if that was your favorite movie of the 2010s. It was one of your favorite movies of the 2010s. And basically, this is like the female college rower version of Whiplash. Uh, it stars Isabel Furman, a.k.a. Yeah. The Orphan from Orphan. And she is a college freshman in this movie, and she is obsessed with making the, the rowing team. Unfortunately, she's a freshman, and so they don't really treat freshmen with a lot of respect at the university that she's at. So she has to kind of uh, claw her way up as a novice. And uh, gosh, the movie is like a mixture. It, it's basically Whiplash meets Black Swan. There's definitely some oh, Aronofsky nice. overtones to this movie. And there's like some body horror <laughs> elements and some self-abuse. Isabel Furman's pretty freaking awesome in this movie. I mean, she kicks ass kind of like Eric, Eric Bana does for the Jews. And Matt Damon, I mean, I you know, she's not a Streisand or anything. But, you know, she is really pretty amazing in this movie. Very physical performance. The movie is as much about uh, the, stri the, the, the striving for performance. For perfection as it is about mental illness it's a little bit weird at times it kind of does the christopher nolan thing where you can't always understand what the characters are saying and there's some weird times where we're supposed to see what they're texting and we really can't at all um maybe that's part of showing the character like having this warped worldview that doesn't make any sort of sense but it's a pretty cool movie and i like the boiled lettering that kind of looks like a cwya tv series i give it three stars it's not like amazing or anything but isabel Furman is a really good actress as she was also in the hunger games and uh, she's kind of amazing in this movie that probably needed to develop script and a little bit maybe more congealed it's not quite as tight as a nun's asshole but it's close and it's a three-star movie it's definitely what i want to watch it the spirited nominations came out on last on this tuesday and actually got that movie got nominated for five awards for best feature uh believe the best director best female lead and i'm trying to think of find the other ones i think mm, I can't find the other ones currently, but I know I got like five nominations. So that's now is that the one that you and Todd get to vote on? Yeah. Okay, so you're a voter, man. You should be watching this shit. And I would, I would I encourage you. I haven't seen the other nominees, but Isabel Furman, man, she's pretty freaking awesome in this movie. Like to be a rower takes a lot of upper body strength. I mean, just ask the Winklevi; they were there, and uh, you know, it's 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 an awesome performance. Yeah, it's definitely uh, some really cool nominations. Zola, I think, had the most nominations, which is another one I need to watch, but for the Spirit Awards. So, pretty exciting. You've seen Zola, right, Zach? I have. Uh, we never talked about it on this podcast. Todd is a huge fan of it. I, not so much. I would love to hear what both of you guys think of it. You're probably going to be in the middle, but that would be a fun conversation to have. That is a crazy movie. All right. We'll try to line that up. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I do need to see that one still. Um, all right, on to what I watched. Uh, I, I mentioned it last week on the podcast what my Oscar watch was going to be for this week. Uh, Can I guess it, it is it back 10 years? <laughs> uh, nominated for best supporting actress and best original screenplay, it's Bridesmaids. I don't know how mm. I didn't see this, uh, when it, when it first came out. Uh, I just missed it for some reason, so I'm catching up on it now. So uh, directed by Paul Feig, uh, written by Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, the the brains and stars behind uh, Barb and Star. Uh, and I think Barb and Star was their first movie since Bridesmaids. Uh, anyways, it uh, it stars Kristen Wiig as um, a failed pastry chef, and she is the maid of honor 
for uh, her best friend, uh, best friend's wedding, who is played by Maya Rudolph. Uh, Rose Byrne is trying to vie for best friend role in like, yeah. And this movie, it, it is complicated. Um, there's some stuff in this movie that is hilarious. And like, I, I laughed out loud a lot in this movie. Um, and, and, and Kristen Wiig is amazing in this. I love Maya Rudolph in this and how she just kind of is able to play the straight, the straight character in it. Um, it, it, it sets up a lot of really cool stuff. And of course you got Melissa McCarthy, who's the one that got the Oscar nomination. And I have no idea how, because she really doesn't do anything in this movie besides just be different. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand why, but anyways, um, like, like nominating her for this would have been like nominating Russell Brand for forgetting Sarah Marshall. I mean, it just, there's, there's just nothing. uh, Yeah. He, she's funny, but there's nothing special about it other than she's different than the rest of them. Anyways, this movie is way too long. Uh, it, there's no reason this should have been two hours and five minutes. Um, it has spells in it where it just gets very uninteresting and kind of boring. Um, at the same time, I watched it with my wife and she loved it and she was laughing the whole time. So I was also looking at it like, okay, is this, is this just like how, am I feeling like how girls feel when they watch 40 year old virgin or knocked up? Like, is this just a female Apatow movie and has those sensibilities? Um, where I I like it, but I don't really get it all the time. And it's not necessarily for me. Anyways, I'll give it three stars because I I did enjoy a good majority of it, but it could have been a whole lot better. But also recognizing it's probably just not for me. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's good. Very well, it could be. I think I don't like this one as much as I originally did. But I think that's because uh, I had seen it when it first came out and really loved it. And then I just like over time, multiple rewatches. I'm like, I don't really care. For I like John Hammond in it, though. I think that's one person. He's yeah, like, he's I, like I think we may need to rename the, douche. Yeah. Yeah, rename the douchebag award, the John Hammond Bridesmaids douchebag award. That's a great call. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah, this is a this is a movie. I know Todd hates it too. I, I gave it one star when it came out. Looking back on it, I think that's incredibly unfair because this movie uh I think your review is pretty spot on, Terry. This movie has some great moments in it. It is actually really re- rewatchable in some capacity. I'll turn mm-hmm. it on when it's on cable. I think the scene, the the, the now classic uh, wedding dress scene is yeah. fantastic. Great, great, that, scene. That great comic sequence. I And I'll even give you this. I think Melissa McCarthy is really funny in it. I think she's probably the, the MVP of the cast. I think the scene where she introduces herself and talks about her experiences with a dolphin is a great... <laughs> comic scene um the problem is you're right terry it's it shouldn't have ever been two hours it should have been like 40 minutes maybe i mean you cut this movie down significantly it's a youtube movie watch watch the 10 scenes that uh that uh, movie channel that movie youtube channel has and you know just the 10 funny scenes of this movie and you got a good movie the rest of it is kind of really trash from what i remember but there's some great moments in it but i mean at the same time you a lot of the criticisms of Apatow movies is the same thing is that they're too long. True. 
Yeah. Like, like 40 year old virgins, like two twenty, Um, and so you, you have the same, it's the same stuff. And so I, I just kept looking at him like, so is this just, is it just a, like, you know, is it more, more geared toward the female sensibilities? And I, I just am not going to get it quite as much as I would get one that's, mm. that's full on Apatow. I don't know. I don't think so necessarily. My, my, my wife is not a fan of this movie. Um, okay. And I, I, I think like, okay, so you look at another example would be like Trainwreck, you know, I mean, Trainwreck yeah, is sort of a female centered Apatow movie that works because I think the characters are better developed. It has a, a, a better storyline. Like one of the problems with Bridesmaids is that it has really nothing to do with the story. It's just that the some of the comic scenes last way too long. Like the airplane scene, for example. I remember that lasted oh, yeah, an eternity. Yeah. And it was almost like they were playing it for laughs how long it lasted. But like we get the joke. Let's move on. Interestingly enough, I feel like that's a, a problem with a, a movie we're going to be deep diving later today. But if you boil down some of those scenes to just their funny moments, then you've got something there. But unfortunately, the filmmakers didn't really have a sense of comic timing and they just wanted to prolong everything. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I, I'd probably watch it again. Like you said, it's got some, it's definitely a rewatchable, but I don't understand how this is the one that broke through as the, as the Apatow comedy that got the screenplay nomination, other than the fact that it was the Kristen Wiig written one. Yeah, so. I think it was, I think it was Judd Apatow can make movies for women too. I think that was the big thing in 2011. And uh, I think Adam's kind of right. I feel like it, in the years since we've seen, I don't know, more, more, sophisticated versions like Barb and Star, for example, which is a great movie. If Bridesmaids was the reason that Barb and Star got made, then absolutely it, it, its existence is justified. What, what, I mean, would it be safe to, to say that like Barb and Star is like a female Big Lebowski? Ooh. <laughs> Barb and Star is like the female... It, it's like the female Butch and Sundance, you could say. Female yeah. Lethal Weapon. With, with a splash of Austin Powers. I mean, there's More definitely than a splash, awesome but okay. Yeah, it's a bold claim, Cotton. Let's see how, you, we go, how this turns out. Have you seen Barb and Star yet, Adam? I have not. Uh, this is one oh. that I know it's on Hulu. I know I need to you, watch. This you one. need to sit down and watch Barb and Star. It's amazing. Um, I'll report back next week. I promise. There we go. Or next time we do this. Yeah, whenever we whenever we record next. Okay, so that is uh, that is what we've been watching. Let's move on. Featured review time. Uh, we've got two movies that we're reporting on. Um, we're going to start with this little film that came out this week, and I don't know if you've heard of it. This little film, it, it's called Spider-Man. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. <laughs> Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? Um, Spider-Man, now Who? is this one, this one's No Way Home, right? I always I'm I keep on getting the title was. there's far from home there's no way home I forget which Just one's which I think away, this one fly, yeah Spider-Man fly away home um <laughs> so I think it's no home way alone. home no way home Spider-Man Spider-Man no way home I'm just double checking yes I am right okay Spider-Man Spider no home, way sweet home Alabama um <laughs> all right who's starting this one I don't even know I'll do it. Zach, you're always the oh, MCU actually, expert. Yeah, have this yeah I, I usually start the MCU. Okay. Movies. All right. So Zach, you are the MCU expert. I am the MCU expert. Yes, yes. In that you're you're the one that 
hates it more than any of us, yet seems to like all the movies. That is true. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think I have a higher quotient of, of positive reviews to the MCU. That's because I'm like Adam. I sleep during the boring parts. And so, you know, the parts that Smart you guys man. critique, I just sort of uh, doze off during. Uh, all right. Well, tell us all about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and what you thought. All right. Well, I will say I, I gave both I gave both of the previous Spider-Man movies in the Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man uh, universe. Thumbs up. Really enjoyed both of them. Actually, legitimately enjoyed both of them. Didn't fall asleep during either of them. Um, really fun movies. I, I I would I would absolutely still recommend them. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home is the third installment. It takes it picks up after the events of the previous movie, uh, uh, Sp Spider-Man Far From Home. And uh, what's nice about this one is that you don't really have to know everything that happened. But actually, it kind of came back to me. I sort of was like, oh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal in London. And, uh, oh, he revealed uh, the big secret about Spider-Man's identity. Um, and uh, I got to say, the first 30 minutes of this movie were fantastic, just as good as the previous two movies. Um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is uh, more youthful, a little bit more exuberant. Makes me think maybe he would have made a better Tony than Ansel Elgort. I don't know if we mentioned that last week. But, he, you know, he's someone who's fun to watch, has a great charismatic persona, unlike Ansel Elgort. Anyway, um, the first 30 minutes of this movie are basically the repercussions of Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker getting revealed to the public. It has some severe consequences. For example, him and his friends are not able to get into MIT. He's constantly bombarded by the paparazzi and the police. And basically, people sort of have a peg on him, including some villains. And this is where I think, Terry and Adam, we got to sort of say, let, I think we should do like a spoiler-free review for the first part, and then we should get into spoilers at another part. Because as if you've heard of this movie, you know that there are some big secrets uh in this movie i'm gonna try for the spoiler the worst part secrets like in all of hollywood i, over I, I agree uh, for the spoiler free part i think we'll try to stick to like what has already been revealed in the trailers okay. so if you've watched the trailers you know that uh, a series of villains from the spider-man franchise come back to uh and and they have peter parker in their sight uh this includes doc ock played by alfred molina and the Green Goblin, played by Willem Dafoe, kind of doing his Speed 2 cruise control type performance. Not as good, but <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Um, or, and, you know, his Spider-Man performance from... I, 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 okay, sure. Almost I, 20 years ago. Okay, wh whatever. I prefer to think of it as the villain in Speed 2, but okay. Uh, anyway, um, so Spider-Man gets into some somewhat familiar hijinks. Uh, he has this sort of naive plan to... Um, not just kill the, the villains, but he enlists the help of Doctor Strange, played by future Academy Award winner uh, from 2021, Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, Doctor Strange is enlisted to cast some spells and in a way sort of um, use rehabilitation on the villains, not necessarily kill them, which is sort of an interesting approach that is a little reminiscent of Avengers Infinity War. Uh, we definitely get some uh, MCU uh, tie-ins here. We get some tie-ins with uh, Hawkeye. We get some tie-ins with a bunch of stuff. Um, but uh, one of the nice things about Spider-Man is that it, it stays relatively independent from the Avengers. Um, there's some callbacks a little bit to uh, Iron Man mentioned by name in this movie. Um, and there's uh, some uh, soft mentioning of like Thanos. And there's a little bit of overlap with that. Unfortunately, this movie disappoints, and uh, we can talk about the spoilers maybe a little bit later, but I feel like up until the part where the villains get introduced, uh, I'm on board with this movie. It's fun. It's exuberant. 
The problem that I have with this movie is that because Spider-Man, uh, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are fun and kind of independent from the Avengers, um, they take on a different tone. This movie feels a lot darker. It feels a lot more hand-to-hand -hand combat. It feels a lot more reliant on Doctor Strange's spells. We didn't have spells in the previous movies, and that's one of the things that I hate about the Avengers is the stupid freaking spells, because anytime there's spells, anytime there's things like time travel, then you start wondering, well, what's the point of anything? If anybody can go back in time and travel, and then maybe characters who die, can't we just resuscitate them by going back in time or forging some sort of spells? That's the problem with the MCU, is that there's no rules, it, it, it seems like. And even the Doctor Strange character in this movie does things that I think are fairly inconsistent with what we know about Doctor Strange. For example, that he is this great conjurer of spells who somehow messes up spells in this movie or treats spells frivolously. Uh, I just don't understand. Uh, to me, that is a, a very severe weakness of this movie. This movie also, um, it's pretty obvious that the filmmakers, and again, this is a tre 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 treading lightly when it comes to spoilers, but I think it's obvious that the filmmakers of this movie saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse a few years ago and thought, you know what? Dang, they got us beat, okay? That movie's freaking awesome. Um, I love Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, and the writers of this movie said, let's just kind of do the same thing. I mean, it, we can't animate it. We, we're not going to have Miles in it necessarily, but let's kind of like, I don't know, take some ideas of the multiverse and apply it here. And uh, to me, any time I watched that in the second half of this movie, I just kept thinking I would have much rather just rewatched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Why couldn't they have just had a story where Peter and MJ and their friends get into MIT and it just so happens that the college admissions counselor happens to be a villain? I mean, I get it. Maybe, the, maybe this movie is a more ambitious iteration of that. Uh, but the way that this movie, I think, was derivative of Into the Spider-Verse, to me, just uh, kind of tanked it. And then at the end of the movie, um, where it kind of turns into this sort of strange, like, like I guess I guess the problem that I also have, too, and then I, I want to hear what you guys think. But the first 30 minutes of this movie were really good. I wanted to see a movie about where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, actually had to deal with the consequences of people knowing his identity. I was set up for that movie because... In both Batman and uh, a lot of other superhero movies where the character is always trying to hide his identity. It's like it's just a cat and mouse game about, oh, I'm not really that character. I felt like this was the first movie where we were really going to honestly, authentically depict what it is like for a character to struggle with the public knowing his identity as a superhero. This movie just punted, it never wanted to deal with it. Instead, it wanted to be Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And as a result, to me, it was it was a disappointment. This is the, the worst of the three, and I give it two stars. I know a lot of people really love this movie. There are some big moments that the audience was applauding for, but for me, it just felt uh, like a letdown. All right, all right. Adam, I think you just got back from it recently because you watched it this morning. What did you think? All right. I. A lot of thoughts on what Zach said. We'll save that for we'll we'll shelf them for now, and we'll come back to them in a little bit. Uh, so this one is the third film, like Zach was saying, and obviously the hype was extremely real for the film. That it's a lot of overhype. I've watched a couple trailers. I try to stay away from them be just because I it's this movie. I don't want to get spoiled for me. Saw it a couple days late. Obviously, I'm seeing it today, the day of recording. I got out about it two hours ago. And this is a very fun film. I really enjoyed it. I loved the first 30 minutes, like Zach was saying. I did enjoy the last 30. I like seeing all the characters that we 
have seen in previous uh, films and different iterations of these characters as well. Uh, I do have the same um, criticism by Doctor Strange. I've said that from the trailer, actually. He seems like he's completely different than uh, other things. That's why I was kind of... It didn't happen, so it's not like a spoiler. I thought he was going to be like a scroll, somebody like a different, like one of those uh, uh, creatures from Captain Marvel who can shapeshift. I thought that was what the big reveal was going to be with him, but that didn't happen, so that's not a spoiler. Uh <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have just said that, but whatever. <laughs> that was what, that was my thought about it. Uh, but Doctor Strange seemed off in this one for sure. Uh, and there was definitely different characters and some moments I thought, based on everybody's reaction, was going to be way like one of the best superhero movies ever. I heard that so much over the last week. Like, this is the best superhero movie of all time. I'm like, really? Like, it's not even the best MCU movie. It's not even like in my... it. Not even my top 10 I currently now. I, I thoroughly it did enjoy a lot of the moments. I was the guy clapping and really happy about the, a lot of the stuff. And uh, granted, I, I am a superhero fan, but I also can realize that it's not the best thing. This is a clearly this is a three star film. It's super entertaining, super uh, like amazing moments. Uh, this is definitely a comic book movie made for people who follow the comics and the storylines as well and seeing great moments. This is, has some of the best moments that the MCU has brought, like seeing some of our characters in different iterations of them interact with one another. But that was some really cool stuff, cool sets up for future films, post-credit sequences. We'll talk about those in a little bit too, but those are awesome. And I, I think this is just outside my top 10. I think this could be this my second favorite Tom Holland Spider-Man and I think it's right outside my it's probably like my fifth favorite Spider-Man movie as well so it, it's 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 a solid entry into the Spider-Man and MCU franchises but it's definitely one that I don't think it was nearly as high a good as all the hype was building around it so Zendaya actually it was probably my favorite part of the movie so she was really good so for the whole round so yeah, if you guys just say that people are fans of this movie, I mean, it's currently number eight on the IMDb Top 250. Um, <laughs> but, like, sense. people are freaking out over this movie. And I, I haven't seen an official number yet, but it I made I saw a, number a crap ton of money. Um, yeah, so... I... I really love this movie and I'm trying to ignore the fact that there were parts I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving it, th uh, I'm giving it three and a half stars. Um, let's see here. Third biggest global debut ever with yeah, 587 I million. I hope they were wearing masks. That's all I got. to Good say. grief. Well, I went Friday night. I went to a nine 30 showing Friday night and it was packed. It was full. It, it, it just, there's so many people going to see this movie. Anyways, um, and we'll talk more about that later, too. Uh, I, I, I love the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Um, and I love when you are able to have the nostalgia and the callbacks uh, to other things, especially going back to just the, the idea of going back to other iterations and other installments of this franchise. Uh, I just think that's so cool. Um it's one of the things I loved about Endgame too. Is is all the all the stuff where they went back and checked in on all the different timelines and and characters from different movies. Um, the whole concept of trying to rescue the villains so they wouldn't die that that I just couldn't 
buy. I, I thought that was that was kind of a dumb idea and kind of a stupid just plot device to get to what we what they were trying to do. At the same time, if that's what it took to get to what they were doing with the last half of this movie, because I thought the last half of the movie was was awesome. And how well they did all these trips down memory lane uh, was great. And um, all right, so we all we all gave it our ratings. I gave it three and a half. Let's do it. Adam Spoilers. It Let's do it. Spoilers. Here we um, go. I loved Andrew Garfield, and I loved Tobey Maguire in this. I thought the way they did it worked. And so and I know I know Zach. I know what you were saying about the whole thing of it. It's kind of ripping off the Spider Verse and all this stuff. The funny thing is, and I what we forget sometimes is that this is not Disney property. This was a Sony movie and they can do whatever they want with it. Now, when they do these movies, it's definitely like within the MCU, but they also have their own thing going on. And I think what happened is the MCU decided, you know, Kevin Feige decided, you know what, we're going to do the multiverse. And they've been setting it up for a couple of years now in, yeah, in they- saying that they're the next Dr. Strange is going to be multiverse of madness Loki is all about the multiverse, the TV show, and and you mentioned here, it in the other the previous Spider-Man movie too, with Mysterio being from the multiverse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so this is this is not something that that they just were like, "Ooh, hey, Spider-Verse, knock this out of the park, let's do it." That they've been building up to this, and um, and Spider-Verse was great because you had all the different animated Spider-Man, but to call back and bring back these established iterations. And do it in a way that that worked, and all the interactions between the three of them, I thought, were brilliant. And um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I do I do have to say when when Andrew Garfield pulls the mask off and you see his face with with New York in the background, I part of me went, "Hey, it's Jonathan Larson," um, because it, he had the same hair, like the hair, like the hair, like this. And I mean, he had to be shooting this around the same time. Um, but I, I love the, the nostalgia trip and I thought it totally worked. I hated the plot device that got us there, but if it's what it took to get us to that, uh, I, I'm willing to accept it. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, I will say that there's a lot of little minor things that I really loved about it. Uh, Charlie Cox being officially the daredevil of the MCU. Mm. Agreeing. Mm-hmm. That was good. That, that was, was a cool little moment because they didn't they didn't say who he was, but you know who it is if you follow it. I don't think that Netflix show is part of canon, but I think this is the tough part. I can't say much about the Daredevil characters, um, but that's that's all I'll say. There's there's more coming if you're if a fan of that show. Um, but the uh, did you guys you guys haven't seen Venom two either as well? I haven't seen no. either Venom movie. Okay, so were you guys confused with Tom Hardy? No, I, I'd heard that there was something Spider-Man esque at the end of uh, at the end of Venom yeah. Two. Can I, do you mind if I spoil that post-credit scene? For no, you? not at all. So at the end of that one, he's just laying in a bed, and all of a sudden, something weird like flashes over, and all of a sudden, playing on the TV is that the ending forecast, like who's Peter Parker in the the Daily Bugle, the in clip scene from uh, Far From Home with J. Jo- J. Jonah Jameson. And uh, he turns into Venom. He's like, I must get this Spider-Man. And he licks the TV of Tom Holland's face. So so he gets sucked into that world at the end of Carnage movie. 
What I find interesting, though, is That's that cool. it, it introduces Venom, but it also shows that Tom Hardy will not be it. Yeah, that's weird the, too. I thought, which I, I thought I thought was strange. By the way, uh, the the numbers right now domestically is Spider Man made two hundred and fifty three million dollars over the weekend. Crazy. I think a lot of people uh, use this as babysitting. The audience I was in, lots of uh, lots of young children there who who yeah, did not understand really. the callbacks. They were like, "What? what? There were other Spider Men? Oh wait, we're just pandering to the thirty year old fanboys like the three of us." Yes, I mean, yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My daughter asked me, who's that guy? I was like, it's the Green Goblin. I'll show you later. <laughs> uh, so, but one other thing, too, with Sony is that they have spoiled things in the past before. They show, like, the Spider-Man uh, uh, Far From Home trailer at, right after Infinity War happened. So it's like, oh, Spider-Man's back already. Or they show that Morbius trailer where they show Vulture. And this is one kind of my... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. So, like... Way. I don't I, I'm so Morbius is part of this Spider-Man franchise too, I guess, but it's like, how come he couldn't bring back anybody from Tom Holland's Spider-Man realm, like Vulture or something like that too? Like, cause it technically it would be like the sinister six, like six villains. That's one of the biggest, they're like their alliances they have in Spider-Man would be kind of really cool to see, but that, that was well, kind of like, that oh, wouldn't be pulled from a different universe. Anyways. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? But it would also like you. Zach had mentioned Miles Morales earlier too. Yeah, essentially they have already. There set was up a Miles mention Morales. of him, by the way. When yeah, when, when Jamie Fox says, I, "I wonder when there's going to be a Black Spider-Man." But before right. he was also mentioned in the MCU too. Donald Glover's character from Homecoming that was his uncle. He said, "I have my nephew who had. I'm getting uh -huh. him ice cream." And that meeting with the ice cream is where he got bit by the spider in the comics. So it's like he had mentioned. Miles Morales, okay. like ever so passing, if you if you kind of knew his story, so it's like they should just do them already. Like I was waiting for uh, Shamik Moore, I believe that's the voice of Miles Morales in the comic book or the Into the Spider Verse, to actually show up as Miles Morales. That's no, that would have been no, really no. cool they, because they're do they're doing the sequels to this. Yeah, they're doing a sequel to Spider Verse, so they don't want to they, they want to keep those separate. I think. But Zach, what are your thoughts? What are your what are your spoiler thoughts? I I just don't, to me it's all fan service. It's like I'm watching this and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to applaud and everybody's going to be so happy because these writers ran out of ideas. That I think that's the bottom line. They didn't want to deal with Peter Parker. They didn't want to deal with the Tom Holland character. They wanted fan service. To me, this is a distant relative of Space Jam 2. I got to say it. It's just not it's, it's not my jam. I don't care about the previous. I did. I don't. I even watched the previous Spider-Man movies. I didn't like them very much. I feel like this movie tries to rehabilitate those characters because no one is satisfied with the way that either of those character uh, franchises really ended. And, um, you know, to me, it soils it because this Spider-Man was so different. It was so fresh. It was so original. And I thought this movie had was going to go in that direction in the first 30 minutes. I also have to say, going back a little bit to the idea of rehabilitation, like that to me was an interesting point, but I don't understand it either, Terry. Like, it's Aunt Meg's advice. Great. R.I.P. Aunt Meg. Tra you know, tragic scene, obviously. Aunt May, not Meg. Meg, May. May. Aunt Meg is the aunt in Twister, so I'm sorry I'm getting <laughs> confused. But uh, what the hell? Like, Spider-Man has no... Peter Parker, Peter Parker 3? Is he 3? Tom Holland, Peter Parker. Well, he was he was Peter Parker one because yeah. he was a, he, they were because in his universe. Everybody's favorite. Okay, P Tom Holland, <laughs> Peter Parker has no reference, has no context for who these villains are. 
What is the problem with sending them back to their multiverses to just let them rot? Who cares? Okay. I know. And I know. I, to, the, the fabricator, give me a break. You're really telling me that Doctor Strange in his infinite powers is going to cast some spell frivolously. That just, just get that, that it's just bad. It's poor writing, lazy writing. And I'm sorry, but I just was not interested in 45 minutes of Peter Parker 1, Peter Parker 2, and Peter Parker 3 all comparing notes about their lives. I did not care when when uh, Andrew Garfield rescued MJ. Everybody else in the audience did, but screw oh, them. That was, the that was who cares? It's fan service, man. It's pandering. It is convergence at its most shameless. And I am not going to stand for it. I wanted this movie to be original. I want it to be fresh. The first two felt different. They were out yeah. of the realm of the MCU. Okay, you had Nick Fury. You had Happy. You had a mention of Iron Man every once in a while. But they were their own thing. And this I movie, mean, Iron Man's in like half of the first one. But okay. Well, but you know what I mean, though? I mean, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. And of course, Iron Man R.I.P. in the second one. But like, it just felt different. And to me, this movie was such a disappointment. It set, it set it up really well. Set it up to be an interesting a moral moral complexity about what does this character do when he is revealed as Spider-Man in real life? This is like the end of the Dark Knight, okay? And it just never the the writers didn't want to deal with it. They they wanted to pay fan service. They wanted well, to make the fans happy, and that's all they cared about. They didn't care about advancing the characters. This movie didn't care about moving forward. It just wanted to regress into the past. The whole thing about about everyone knowing he's Spider-Man, I think that that they did the first like half hour you're right they did that and they showed a little bit of it at the same time one of the things i was reading this week that i don't necessarily didn't necessarily realize until i read it is the mcu one of the things that they have done is outside of spider-man they have removed the anonymity from every superhero everyone knows who every superhero is everyone knows tony stark is iron man that Steve Rogers is Captain America, that Thor is Thor, that Bruce Banner is the Hulk. Everyone knows who these people are. And so the whole, uh, how do you how do you manage everyone knowing that you're a superhero? They've done that in every other movie and yeah. every other every other part of this franchise. And so um, the idea of going of keeping the anonymity or trying to keep it alive for for Peter Parker. I think that's fine because they've that's he's the only one left that hasn't happened. No, but see, they didn't even do that though because at the end of the movie they said, "Okay, we're really not going to deal with this." So instead of just distracting people for an hour and a half, we're actually going to cast the spell that Spider-Man wants at the beginning of the movie, so that we can just go back to where he was at the beginning. And then, of course, the callback to Spider-Man Two and the apartment that he's living in. I mean, come on, there, there's nothing original about this. Like, give me a break. <laughs> I, I I felt I felt cheated. In, in all actuality, his uh, identity should have been revealed a lot sooner in Captain America: Civil War. In that time, in that storyline, is that the big reveal of getting Spider-Man on Tony uh, Stark's side was that he was revealing himself, his identity to the public, that he was pro this this registration act. But they decided not to go with that either. So they just don't like giving his identity away. I also I, really I, didn't like the, the post-credit scene with Doctor Strange. I thought that's that, that was that's the trailer. That's that, the trailer. trailer. That was like, come on. It, did I watch a Doctor Strange movie? I mean, I didn't pay to watch a Doctor Strange movie. That's all I'm saying. I just didn't. The, the Doctor Strange in this movie, Adam is exactly right. This is not the Doctor Strange that, that we know. This was Doctor Strange that was retrofitted for this story clumsily. 
Yeah. It's cool to see I, Scarlet Witch, though. That's going to be cool. He's he's going to, and I think he's going to kind of be a big part of what's going on moving forward because of just his his abilities when you're talking about the multiverse. I don't Listen, know. I think I'm grumpy. Really, people like this movie. I, more I people agree with both of you. I just, I, I, there needs to be more of a dissenting voice out there that points out that this movie could have been better. It, it, and, it, oh, I, I agree. I and agree as I, that. as I was watching this, I knew you were going to hate it because of how much it was just dripping with sentimentality and, and all the callbacks and you hate that stuff. And I know yes, you I do. do. And I knew you were going to hate this movie. You know, um, you know. and, and, and I, I even, I, I agree with some of what you're saying in that it could have been better. No one liked the first two Spider-Man. There was a reason that the, the Andrew Garfield series ended on the second movie. Well, and everyone still says Spider-Man 2 Spider -Man with Tobey Maguire is, is the best one. Doc Ock I'm... is still, uh, the Doc Ock movie is still, everyone you pretty much says that's still the best one. True. But then there's Spider-Man 3. Yeah, See, there is Spider-Man 3, which that. was, which was horrible. And uh, the best of those original three that that was that was my first midnight showing was uh, Spider-Man three. I think we saw it together. We did see it together. We we, yeah. we were in some gigantic uh, screening room in uh, at Lloyd Center. Sounds um, right. We're, we're and by the way, almost R.I.P. Lloyd Center. They're going to tear that thing down soon. Oh, wow. Uh, R.I.P. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sad. They went they went uh, they went bankrupt. They're they're going to sell it probably. Anyways. um. Yeah, I I I appreciate the sentimentality, and if they had to use some questionable plot devices to get there, so be it. All right, we, we need to move we, on though. Can we play a game of what would Todd give us? What is Todd going to give this movie when he sees uh, it? So Todd Ooh. actually Todd saw it. Todd oh, okay, uh, okay. Todd texted me, um, yeah, yesterday and said that he he sacrificed some sleep and went and saw it late Friday night, and uh. And loved it, and, and he he oh, was wow. like the exact opposite of you. He said he said the first half hour was the same BS the first two were <laughs> that he hated, and uh, and then it actually got good. So and he there thinks Andrew Garfield should be nominated for best supporting actor. So um, wow, yep, that yeah, that's Andrew Garfield was really good, man. Uh, he can he can uh, give some more clarity on that next time he's on. But that those are his initial thoughts that he had when texting with me. Um. So like the exact opposite of you, which is usually how you guys are now. So, okay, Fair. we got to move on. Uh, so uh, Zach gives it two stars. Adam gives it three. I give it three and a half. Um, chances are you already saw it. If it made $250 million domestically this weekend. Um, so let's talk about the other movie that came out this weekend, which Adam did not see, but Zach and I did. And we wanted to talk about this one a little bit. And this is Nightmare Alley. The new Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, it's his first movie since um, since his Best Picture winning Shape of Water. Uh, I wrote a review for this. It's up on our website uh, yesterday. So I'll start talking about this and kind of re review what I said there. And Zach, you just saw this today. And so um, since you already know what I think, I'll repeat what I think. And then you can talk about what you think. Uh, so... Um, so yeah, this is um, Guillermo del Toro's first directorial effort since Shape of Water. It is um, based on a novel that already had a movie from the 40s based on this same novel. And you have um, uh, Bradley Cooper plays Stanton Carlyle, kind of this uh, wandering vagabond with a questionable past that finds his way to a, uh, a circus 
where he finally finds like a home and is accepted and it meets a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of the folk in the circus, whether they're illusionists or freak shows or anything like that. The likes of Willem Dafoe and Rooney Mara and Ron Perlman and David Strathairn and Tony Collette. And David Strathairn is a mentalist and uh, teaches him some of his observance skills. And he masters them and takes them on his own and decides that he can be greater and better than anything than anything else. And he's finally found his purpose in life. But when does he go too far? And that's what he that's what um, the second half of the movie looks at and um, and try and, and tries to explore uh, this movie. Um, as I was watching it, it is first off. It was a hell of a double feature watching Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man, two two and a half hour movies back to back. It was a long Friday night at the movies. Um, but you had uh this movie is it's kind of this just a slow burn for the first like hour and a half to two hours as it sets all this up, especially in the in the circus. And and it's kind of just setting all this stuff up, and it's all interesting, but not a whole lot is happening, and you're you're just kind of wondering where this is all going to go once he leaves the circus and starts his own thing it really starts to pick up and becomes more and more intriguing especially as kate blanchett's character who's a psychiatrist that he teams with in some of his uh in some of his work as she gets introduced and becomes a part of it um you really start to get drawn in and i i felt like it was i i think i wrote in my review it's just like one of stanton carlisle's shows where it it just kind of slowly sucks you in until you get to the finale and the last half hour of this movie is possibly the best half hour of any movie this year. Um, as it gets into, uh, into what, what the, the whole thing's been building to something and you don't know what it is. And just like any, any magic act, you're waiting for what the finale is going to be. And the finale left my jaw dropped for a half hour as I was watching how this whole thing was going to play out. And then you get to the final scene in the final shot, which is just like a perfect summation of the whole movie. And uh, it it's it was beautiful. I had the I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, and it was. Um, and and as I kept thinking about it, it kept on going up. And like this is one of those movies that it, it just has one of those all time classic endings that makes everything else worth it if it's set up that ending. And, uh, and I think I, I said in, in the, in my review, you movies like this, they can either become the prestige or they be, can become something like matchstick men. Like what made the prestige bad is it didn't stick the landing matchstick men stuck the landing and nightmare alley sticks the landing. It's a four star movie. You have to go see this movie while it's still in theaters where Spider-Man made two, 250, Nightmare Alley made three this weekend. So <laughs> you have to go see it. I, I was in a packed theater at 9.30 for Spider-Man. I was in a theater at 6.30 for Nightmare Alley, and I was one of five. Go see this movie. I'm sick and tired of the amazing masterpieces that are out there right now, like West Side Story and Nightmare Alley, going to get run out of theaters so quickly. Because nobody is going to see the good movies. They want to go see the Marvel movies. Go see Nightmare Alley. You won't be disappointed. Okay. 
that's what I think. Zach, do you agree? Yeah, I definitely like Nightmare Alley more than Spider-Man. Um, I will say, though, we're 100% off uh, about this mm. movie, even though we both give it thumbs up, but for very different reasons. I love the first hour 45 of this movie. I thought the last 30 minutes were painful. Uh, I thought it was... Uh, it did not stick its landing in your parlance. And I thought it was painfully obvious where this movie was going. It was set up from the very beginning. I'm, again, I'll tread lightly. But anytime hey. you have a character tells a story and you just kind of know, okay, well, that's, you know, that that is an important scene in this movie. And then it kind of like, okay, well, I kind of see why because the director wants to do that thing. I was like, okay, I get it. We don't need the extended sequences where nothing seems to be happening. It's really boring. Um, however, I'll focus on the good part, the, the, the parts of the ship that are good, in the words of Gene Kranz. Um, this is a really well done movie. Uh, it, it had me going for quite a while. Uh, it, it was, I like movies about magicians. Um, I love the opening scene of, of uh, Magnolia with Ricky Jay and... I love that House of Games movie with uh, with David Mamet. I even, you know, totally selfishly kind of like the first Now You See Me. And I think this movie does a pretty cool job in the first uh, half, kind of, you know, basically showing how magic tricks work in this uh, in this era. Um, and you can sort of see this kind of character who's not too unlike Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. He's very opportunistic. He mm. wants to succeed. Um, even if it means leaving other people behind. I wish the movie had had leaned into that a little bit more. I think this movie's kind of skin deep. It's not a really good character study. And I think a smarter screenplay, a smarter director would have made it more about the character and less about the look. Guillermo del Toro, we all know, is about the look and he's about the concept, but sometimes he's not about the characters and he's not about the story. And uh, this movie is better than Shape of Water, um, it's one of his yes. better efforts, but it kind of indulges in the same problems that he's had in the past, which is that it's sort of skin deep in a way. It 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 like it looks at these characters and it does some interesting stuff visually, but there's not a lot of depth to this movie. Even afterwards, uh, I there's not I don't there's not a whole lot to say about it. I it, it has a lot. It's set in 1939, 1941. Uh, it doesn't have a lot to say about that era, and I think it, it could have it could have had a lot to say. Through the first half of this movie, I thought about two other movies that I've seen in 2021. No Sudden Move, the Steven Soderbergh movie, and Power of the Dog. And for a while, I thought this movie was better than both of those because I think it had a real sense of what it wanted to be and it was very unpredictable. I didn't know where this story was going for quite a while, which I really liked. The thing is with both of those movies, though, those movies ended up being something deeper and something more complex. And I think the way that this movie especially ended, knowing how fervent... Uh, Guillermo del Toro wanted this movie to end. It's like, okay, we we got it. I, I I get it. I can understand it. It's long. It's protracted at the end, and I don't think it's not it's not as powerful because it, it's not really a great character study. Bradley Cooper's good in it. I think there are scenes that maybe make this movie feel like it wants to be more of an Oscar contender than it actually is. This would have been a better movie if it was 105 minutes and released in June. As it is, I'm giving it three stars. It was enjoyable. There's good elements to it, and it's worth recommending. I agree with you that you can see the ending coming, but the way they do it, I think, totally makes it worth it, even if you know what it's going to be. Um, I I just was I was just completely blown away by by the ending to this movie. I also have to add that the Richard Jenkins character in this movie. 
I thought was Tracy Letts. I, I thought Tracy <laughs> it took Letts me a while playing. to figure I out thought, who it was. Tracy Letts is in this movie? I did not realize it until I saw, oh, Richard Jenkins is actually that character. I thought that was Tracy Letts. D D yeah. Del Toro movie. Richard Jenkins, Jenkins has to be in it. That's so. true. That is con contractually <laughs> obligated to be in that. I guess I forgot that part. I thought I also thought it was interesting that of all of his movies, this is like the first one that is 100% grounded in reality. Uh, there is nothing fantastical about it other than you have circus acts. And yeah. and there's there's something fantastical to that. Um, but all of the all the, you know, yeah, that's a that's a big reason why I'm giving it thumbs up because uh, the knock on Guillermo del Toro for me is that he makes the same movie over and over again, and this did feel a little different. It, there, yeah. there was no strange monster that was unappreciated by the society that uh, he manifested himself in and had to be defended by a young girl. Uh, I'm tired of that. This movie was different, and I liked it for for that purpose. Yeah. All right. Well, he's giving it three. I'm giving it four, uh, and I think we can both say. Go see this movie. Go see West Side Story. Go see Nightmare Alley. Yep. If you're gonna sit there for five hours like you did, though, you know, bring some like uh, snacks, energy or something. drinks, or something. And, yes, Jeez, yeah, yeah. Because both both Spider Man and this movie were way too long. Both of them should have been quite a bit shorter. Yeah, let's, Eternals let's, was uh, so. Oh long. yeah, Eternals. Yeah, let's so, stop the. So let's long. stop. You know what? Have we really talked about the monster that was created by the, the Irishman? The Irishman ushered in yeah, these oh, movies. Yes. That, that that's totally what did it. Excessive running length. That is the reason. I don't know if you're no. being sarcastic or not. That is absolutely the reason. <laughs> no, the sarcastic. Irishman is not what did it. <laughs> I think it I, is, but okay. No, maybe that's not a lot of time movies. with your father-in-law on the couch. Maybe. Oh, he'd like he'd like uh, maybe Avatar like. did it. Titanic. No, that's way too long ago. No, now every movie is two and a half hours, totally unnecessarily. That is true, but I I, I didn't Can mind you at the least admit this, this movie one. shouldn't have been two and a half hours. I know you gave it four stars. I thought it was a little long, but I didn't I didn't necessarily mind it because it was interesting the whole time. Like nice. I, I at no point was I bored by Nightmare. Alley. I you know in a weird way I know what you're saying. I'm not necessarily saying it was boring. It just was too long. It, there's too much of the story there. It, it it's not that it was boring. I agree. It's not a word I would use. It was just too much. Yeah, and 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 I'll I'll I'm I don't mind that it was two and a half hours because all of that helped draw you in even more and more to have the the payoff at the end. That, that being that's... said, I think this movie has zero serious Oscar chances. Maybe some technical awards, but this is not the kind of movie that I think Oscar voters really. Need yeah, to fire I've at. heard some stuff about maybe Bradley Cooper. No, but and and maybe it would have been maybe... interesting to see Leo in this role though. I, then it would have become Shutter Island, but oh yeah, that could be that could have been. All right, so that's uh that's Nightmare Alley. Okay, we're an hour in. Let's get yes, to our deep dive. Oh, can't, can't wait. All right, it's Christmas time. Let's let's start talking about some ridiculousness, and we're going to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry, got a little knot here. Can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Adam, you are leading us in trivia. 
Um, I've so, watched this movie twice this week. You oh, watched it twice this week. I, I, I have not. I watched it this morning, but yeah. Let's see how we do here. Tell us, tell us how we're doing this. So what had happened was the reason why I watched it twice. I watched this on Tuesday for the deep dive, and I was like, "Oh wait, who's doing trivia?" I guess I'll do it, and then I rewatched it again so I can do the <laughs> trivia. Perfect. All right, so we get a piece of paper out for everybody just to try to streamline some of this uh, got it. time here. <clears throat> okay, so I got a couple questions here. Get my notebook here ready with Terry and Zach, and we're just going to try to answer these questions as best we can, and I'll let you know there's multiple points for it. Okay. Our first question. What? Okay, you guys ready? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. What Christmas songs do Clark and Ellen sing at the beginning of the movie? There's three of them. Three points up for grabs here. What Christmas songs do Clark and Ellen sing at the beginning of the movie of There's Christmas Vacation? Of Fun fact, this is the scene that my driving teacher for when I was learning how to drive way back when played about road rage in uh, our <laughs> course. Uh, what's the third one? Okay, five, four, three... Two and one. Terry, write something down. Zach, what do we got? Um, we have Hark the Herald, uh, Wish You Merry Christmas, and Jingle Bells. Which, what was my answers here? Deck the Halls. We oh, have, come on, you faithful, and Deck the Halls. I know those two are right. Yeah, Newborn King, Hark the Herald. Yeah, that's one. Deck the Halls, and Joy to the World. That's what I had. Come on, be faithful. I think that's all right. Okay, yes. Okay, we're good. Okay, we'll start here. So what were the answers? So who got who got the I got Newborn King, Hark the Herald, the Newborn King one. I got Deck that. the Halls and Joy to the World was the last no, song he wait, said. Wait, the first song they sing is Oh Come All You Faithful. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, oh come, come let us adore him. Okay. So you should still, still give me a point, Adam. Okay, well Deck the Halls with Bows of Holly. Take it away, Russ. Okay, that was my uh, that's my okay. I will mess up again. I promise. All right, next question here is um, what famous final word? Yeah, <laughs> what new product has Clark been working on at work? What it's a polymer. <laughs> it's can I just that's... describe what it is? He actually, yeah. Okay, what's the word? He, I don't, because it, it, it's a non-nutritious, like maybe they use the word polymer, but it keeps yes. cereal crunchy. Okay, and doesn't let it get soggy in milk. All right, we'll accept both answers. It's the crunch enhancer. So, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll get that. All right, here we go. More obscure. Paying attention to the background of stuff. What does what band poster? Or no, what band does Audrey have a poster of in her room? Ooh. Ooh. I have no idea. I don't either. Yeah. It's a hair metal band, I'll tell you that. I'll give you a hint there. I, Van I Halen. Don't... What was that? Van Halen. No, 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 no. Okay, well, welcome to the jungle. It's Gun and Ro Guns and Roses. Oh, Guns and Roses. Roses. Okay. okay. That was anyway. too tough, Adam. Too, t uh, too obscure. Okay. Uh, here we go. We like numbers. Here we go. How many lights did Clark put on his house? How many lights? Mm. He said this a couple times. We have a tie game here. How many lights? Oh, oh! Why am I covering up the thing? It's like it's gonna block Terry's view. I got two hundred fifty thousand six hundred. We had twenty-five thousand lights. Is the correct? Yeah. Answer. 
That's it. Zach takes a one-point lead here. I was on the right track. It's a 25,000 no, imported. Wait, Italian. how does Zach take a one-point lead? Because <laughs> I got he the didn't first get question. Any of the... I got the polymer question. And on you a, got on none a, of the songs. technicality, got, I got the songs he because he said, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Because he screwed up on it, you got. Yes, it was like I got two of, that, of the songs. Like though. the end you of the Titans Steelers got, game today when they misjudged. You got a one on a technicality, down. and I got two. And now, and just now keep you got complaining. Just keep going. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, I'm magazine? just yelling at Zach. I'm not yelling at you. Okay. Well, good. Thank you. You're, you're still good. You're still good. Okay. Uh, what magazine is Grandpa reading with oh, his flashlight? God damn it! I, you were. I knew you were going to ask this. It's like. <laughs> sexy and smashy the actual title is sassy oh, i was closer <laughs> i like the i like the light names guys All right, i, I, I thought it said sexy the two s's looked like an x it did it's yeah uh now, if okay, you want to know what what uh what um what magazine that uh clark had his hand stuck to it was a people magazine talking about who tore down the berlin wall that yeah, was not yeah. a question though <laughs> I had thought about that question too, though, but uh, we did not go with it. Uh, Clark finds a present in the attic. What holiday is it for? And a bonus point is what year is marked on the label? Oh, this is a Zach question if there ever was one. Just give me the point right now. All right. Well, there's two points. I forgot. Five, oh. four, three, two, one. We have Mother's Day 88. And what do you have the year for you, Zach? Yeah. Mother's Day. 83 and it is Mother's Day 83. Oh, so I, know I have a one-point lead now. Is that how uh, no, no, I have a two-point lead. <laughs> you have a one-point lead still, Zach. One point lead. Okay, okay. I don't know what's going on here. Points don't matter. Uh what's the house number of the Griswold's house? Oh jeez. Oh, I don't know, Adam. Uh, and my pen just broke. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a forfeit. Broke. I think it's a forfeit. Five, four, um, three, two, and one. I got nothing. <laughs> four, nine, eight, and six. It's one, three. What's the one? One, three, two, six is the number. One, three, All right. two, six. Okay, here we go. Here's a fun question. Right. How does Ruby Sue's eyes become cross and then uncross again? I have somewhere in here written the the address on in uh, the departed. I was gonna put that up. All right, <laughs> there we go. How Let's does say Ruby's, the question again? How does Ruby Sue's eyes become cross and then uncross? All right, hold on one second. All right, you got it. Okay, put them up. Let's see. You go. We got it's Mother's Day. Fallen well, kicked by mule, fell unwell. You only put one answer down, Zach. I I didn't remember the second part. Okay, so oh, then, then Terry has tied it up. Then we have tied it up with two points. All right, what's the only problem with cousin Eddie's dog snots? What's the only problem with cousin Eddie's dog snots? This is a line from cousin Eddie. They're drinking eggnog uh, around yeah, the Christmas but... tree. Hmm. I wish I could remember the exact line. It's a good line. It's a funny line. Now, this isn't the answer, but I think I should get a half point for it. Just for All the right, effort. Well, 
Drinking the tree water. That's a good one. What's that say? Go, go to town on your leg. For, okay. Okay. I, I like both answers. I'm gonna go get I'm gonna get points on both answers here. I, I was trying to remember he's got a little too much and I forget the breed he says. He's got a little bit too many Mississippi leg hound in him. That's, it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He'll go to town on your leg, and if he does it, just let, let him, him finish. finish. Don't have the short that. shorts on if you know what I mean. All right. What did Aunt Bethany wrap up as a Christmas gift? That's too easy. Is this two points? Two points. Two points? What she well, wrap two, up as a Christmas gift? Yeah, there's two gifts that she wrapped up. Oh, said there's what two gifts. There's two gifts that she wrapped up. Let me know when you're ready. I only remember one of them. Okay. Okay, we got a cat and a Jello. Yep, we got that. Oh. That's lime. That's a lime jello mold. Yeah, that's two. <laughs> As lime he licks her finger. Yeah, that's gross. Okay, so Terry takes a one point lead here. Still up in the air here. All right, we got two more questions left. How much was Clark's Christmas bonus? Like original or, or uh, what he Yeah, what he originally got. Now what he negotiated. What was Clark's original Christmas bonus? How much? Five, four, three, two. I don't think I understand and... the question. But... Oh well, okay. Let's see. Well, is that that's I don't is that what you're? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. The Jello okay. of the Month Club. One yeah, year Jelly of the Month. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Both got it right. Okay. All right. This is the we're at, we're at a ten nine game here, right? This is the last question. And this could be all up for grabs. There are six movies in the Christmas Vacation franchise. I want you to rank them by Rotten Tomato score from oh best God. to worst. You get a point for every correct answer. Oh um, God. Six points are up for grabs here. By Rotten there. Tomatoes score. By Rotten Tomatoes critic score, not fan score. There are okay. six. Okay. Okay, I got it. I'm good. Got it. All right. Because this is so it's tough. It's a little messy. It's a little messy. Okay, let's go one at a time so I can make sure that we have it right. Okay. It's Terry. Want to read yours off first? Yeah. All right. So uh, number num. Do you want me to go one to six yes. or six to one? Go to one to six, please. Number one, Christmas vacation. Number two, the first vacation. Okay. Number three, European vacation. Number four, vacation. The reboot with Ed Helms. Number five, Vegas vacation. Number six, Christmas vacation two. Okay. All Zach, right. what do you have? Number one, Vacation 1983. Number two, Christmas Vacation. Number three, Reboot at Helms Vacation. Number four, Vegas Vacation. Number five, Euro Vacation. And number six, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, the sequel to Christmas Vacation. All right, let me calculate here. Okay. So right now, at the highest, the number one film in the franchise with 93% on Rotten Tomatoes was the original Vacation yes. movie. Uh, People like that shit. So uh, coming in at number two was Christmas Vacation yes. with 67%. So now Zach has the lead. Number three is European Vacation. So uh, Terry has tied it up. Uh, number four on the list is uh, with 28%. It was Rebooted, Vegas, uh, Rebooted Vacation. So Terry has taken a lead. And coming in at number five is Vegas Vacation with 
And then we got Cousin Eddie's Christmas Vacation with with not even on a, a single critical review on Rotten Tomatoes. So the only thing I messed up was I mixed up one and two. I think I yes, went. you did. But I think so I went because I knew it was Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. I had no idea it was Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. I had no idea that movie existed. I think I get a point for that. I think it's a tie. Okay, so I'll give uh, I'll give a point for knowing it's Cousin Eddie's <laughs> and also at the right placement. So the winner with a score of 14 to 13, we have Terry squeaking it out because he got the last right. four. I'm good with going uh, to tie. I mean, I mean, okay. deep dive trivia, the points don't matter. So it's it's still fun. <laughs> and you didn't that's, get that vacation was number one. I should. I that's that's that was I got one. everything yeah, else. Yeah, I but that's significant. 93% versus like 13%. That, uh, that, that, that is impressive. The, that was ninety three percent on that, and sixty three percent on this the Christmas one. That's crazy. So let's talk about Christmas Vacation here. I picked this movie. We needed to do a, a deep dive of a Christmas movie. Um, honestly, part of what went into this is I thought Todd would be the least upset about missing the Christmas Vacation deep dive uh, as sense. opposed to other ones I would pick. Um, but also, I mean, this was like this is one of those movies that just is always on when you're a kid, you know. And uh, it's it's just a it, it's such a fun movie. I, I watched it this morning and there are entire scenes I didn't remember existed because I watched this when I was a kid and I haven't watched it much since. And so you remember what you remember as a kid. And uh, and so like there were whole sequences. I was like, oh, I didn't even remember that happened. But um, I forgot just how funny this movie is. This movie is really funny. And you forget how much of just a comedic genius Chevy Chase was around this time and how he was just, he was everything at this point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a classic for a reason. Uh, and uh, I, it's probably my favorite of the vacation movies. I haven't seen all of them, but it's, it's pretty great. So, uh, Zach thoughts on christmas vacation yeah i hate this movie i'm not the right person to bring on to this podcast but we did need to review a christmas movie that wouldn't have offended todd i'm thinking of a christmas movie from 1988 that was much better than this movie um but uh, this movie sucked uh, it wasn't fun watching it again and it's awful in every way i i look forward to being the contrarian on this podcast Are it's a role it's a role that i savor because we, we you know the same with spider-man i i like being the contrary it's fun it's a fun position to be That's in good. Uh, will you update your ranking? Because currently you have it at three stars on the website. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you do. No, Check that. Check that. I was going to out that. that no, was gonna be one I my don't. Trivia That's a mistake. You guys rating that on. is a mistake. Check That's it. Terry's Check fault. That's <laughs> another reason he should lose on trivia because that there's no way I would have ever given this movie three stars. It is awful, and uh, I never. I, I listen. Okay, I think Vegas Vacation might be the most unfunny movie I've ever seen in my life. And, and because of that, you hate you hate Christmas Vacation. I, I have movie, it two and a half. Why do I have it at two and a half? This movie, movie made me so miss Vegas Vacation because at least they went on a freaking vacation. They didn't even go on a vacation in this movie. <laughs> the only know, vacation right? they went that on was, a valid point. was when they went uh, to get their Christmas tree. And where the f where, where was that? Like Colorado? That obviously was not Illinois. Okay, <laughs> Illinois is flat. And uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, it is a terrible injustice to movies. It's an offensive travesty, and there's nothing funny about it. Um, I, it's awful, awful in every way. I was it was it, it was a pain watching it. Oh, it's so funny though. Can I tell so you what funny. I did to rewatch it? I'm just I'll, I'll I'll bring it up. What did you do to rewatch? It? Okay, so 
it was going to be hard to sit through this movie again. I knew it. So my wife and I were watching it last night. By the way, your your wife loves it, right? No, she hates it. Really? Oh, we both. I could never marry someone who likes this movie. Oh, and uh, I mean, most movie, most movies like this that you hate, she loves. uh, Well, we're agreed on this one. Okay. And um, we were ten minutes in this movie. We're we're not going to make it. We are not going to make it through an hour and a half of this movie. So we turn on the Sex and the City show. Now let's talk about the Sex and the City show for a second, which made a lot of news this week about a certain star who was also a dentist in Castaway, who is not a very good person in real life. So we, James Spalding. We, we turned on the Sex and the City show. And I got to call it the Sex and the City. There's no way I can remember the name of it. I, it was like, and then there were none. And then and something like that, happened. And just like that. There we go. I can't remember the name of that. I, I just keep thinking of, of Kaiser Sose. Exactly. So here's the thing. <laughs> Sex and the City was the MVP of, of Christmas Vacation because as bad as Christmas Vacation was, Sex and the City was so bad the the reboot was so bad that we it cut back and forth between it. It was like we could not get through Sex in the City either. So we're like, we got to turn this shit off, and let's at least get through Christmas Vacation until it gets unbearable, and then we'll turn on Sex in the City again. We'll see Mr. Big doing something toxic, like singing Joni Mitchell and masturbating. The first episode is horrible, absolutely a, a, a travesty to the senses. But is it any worse than Christmas Vacation? I don't know. That is the way we got through rewatching Christmas Vacation, and. Uh, Oh man, we need uh, alcohol. That's also the MVP of this, honestly. Shots. Wow. wow. Yeah, and Pelotons. And Never Pelotons. look at them in the same way again. Adam, <laughs> what, what what do you think of Christmas Vacation? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I said, like I said, I watched it twice this week. Um, I actually remember. Well, you watch something as a younger kid. You remember it more fondly than others i remember liking vegas vacation quite a bit that's the one that i had seen pretty much pretty frequently so i actually like that one a lot more than the other ones just because i have not nostalgia but i just remember liking it as a kid more and i can enjoy it at least for what it is where the christmas, hell is christmas vacation on our website i'm sorry to interrupt you Terry. Uh, it's under Adam. christmas what? vacation it's not under national lampoons oh okay Stars for some half. reason i have it at two and a half i don't know why i gotta fix that i'm sorry i'm sorry adam i didn't mean to interrupt there, hey i'm just showing how we can update our make it the better website that's all that's, <laughs> that's all it is <laughs> update our ratings no uh for me christmas vacation is a it's a fun film i don't understand why it's like the greatest uh, christmas comedy of all time i, oh, I wouldn't there. even say that but it's fun. yeah a lot of people think so though i've come across why to be people that think that that's the movies the one of the best comedies of all time for christmas movies i, I don't i don't know it's still a, an enjoyable enough comedy where i can put it on and I think some of the bits do go on a lot longer than they should uh, but there are some no funny kidding. moments here for sure so uh it's not my favorite vacation film i probably like vegas a little bit more than christmas but it's way better than european vacation it's way better than that reboot too so yeah it's it's it's, it's fine serviceable that's that's the best way to put it serviceable <laughs> so as a kid i think christmas vacation was the only one i watched um i watched the original vacation much later um i watched i i and i think those are the only two i've seen i haven't seen european vacation i haven't seen vegas um even though vegas came out at the right time for me to watch it but i i didn't i never caught it um I didn't see the reboot. Yeah, saw that one in theaters. It was sad. Wow. 
yeah, I was I was suppressed. I like the but, swamp yeah. the swamp scene in that movie. <laughs> that that works. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Right. I'll be updating my my. And I like the it. car the car they drive. Um, so I, I, I kind of agree with Adam. I mean, Vegas vacation is one of the most unfunny movies I've ever seen. However, when I was 10 years old, I thought it was really funny. Yeah. And my friend, my friend Daniel and I became obsessed with Las Vegas when we were 10 years old. Uh, he actually rearranged his entire bedroom to be a, a Las Vegas casino with his plush animal seals as card dealers. Uh, we thought it was hilarious, uh, especially, you know, when they all win the uh, cars at the end of the movie and Rusty Pretty becomes cool. a connoisseur with this big Vegas pad. Papa Giorgio. Papa Giorgio, that's right. And uh, Wallace Shawn, a.k.a. Mr. Hall, as the car dealer. Oh, it's, it's a terrible movie. I mean, the scene where, like, car Clark crashes the car into uh, Wayne Newton's house, just uh, common wow. hijinks at their best. Anyway. Christmas Vacation is pretty bad, um, but I will say that uh, when I was a kid, it, it was somewhat enjoyable. I did not. Did you guys grow up with this movie? Because I certainly did not. I did yes. watch it growing up, but it was not like my family's go-to movie. Uh, I don't know, Terry. I mean, it was it, not. It was not a go-to, but I I remember watching it often as a kid. No, it was definitely not nothing I saw as a kid. I think the only the only time vacation movie I saw as a kid was Vegas because my grandparents had a, a recorded VHS tape of it. Uh, they recorded it off TV. Uh, but then Christmas, my go-to Christmas movies were obviously Home Alone and Santa Claus. So I didn't see this until I, I was at least in my mid twenties. So, so it was wow. not, oh, okay, yes, yeah. uh, we had. I think we had a, a recorded VHS of this off of TV, and and we watched it. Or I, I think Todd and I watched it often, um, and but I don't know. Maybe last time I watched it was like when I was like ten, and then and then I didn't watch it for a while. And I know my wife hadn't watched it when at when we got married. So one Christmas um, after we got married, we watched it, and that may have been the first time I had seen it start to finish since I was like ten. Mm. And and then I watched it this morning and that might have been the first time since then and, and and like i said it's so funny how how movies that you remember as a kid i like i distinctly remember like them singing deck the halls at the beginning of the movie and i distinctly remember every every blow by blow of that opening sequence yeah. and i remember different i remember every every bit of the of the attic sequence and all of that like like vividly but there's entire sequences in this that just I'm like, oh, I I didn't remember that line, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. But that's because I I remember it as a kid. All right, well let's let's get into some of the stuff we're doing with this. Uh, we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore here, and and now I see why you wanted to to pick the the topic you did. I wanted to pick a topic of uh, Mount Rushmore of sequels that are better than the originals, but um. It, it's a good yeah. category, but we need to. That's a that's a whole episode. It, 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 it's, yeah, that's it's a true. huge top five. Yeah, top it's ten true. even. Um, but uh, we, we're going with uh, in honor of cousin Eddie. Uh, we're going with the greatest movie and TV cousins. Um, and I think we can we can agree that cousin Eddie is the um, is the gold standard and the the agreed yes. upon. Yeah, yeah, he he's true. for sure has to be. Yes. He's the he's George Washington on our Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yes. yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see here, Adam. I'll let you go first in picking uh picking your net your cousin. 
so at first I had a really hard time with who I wanted to uh, pick for my cousin, but we're putting TB in here. So then it became Ooh, extremely yeah. obvious yeah. who I was going to go with. That's cousin maybe from Arrested Development. Uh, oh, some incestuous cousinship. <laughs> She's just like the best character in that show. I, I, I love uh, uh, maybe in this the ep every episode of Arrested Development. She just brings something unique to it and it just has that insight where she's clearly one of the smartest characters in the show and uh, how can you not love cousin maybe hey her cousin does so uh yeah you gotta go with it cousin maybe todd would approve of that pick he's oh, I know he out there i know todd todd approves of that he's doing he the slow clap right now yeah he is he is uh i'll go next um uh, my pick is uh is my the same pick i had in the last power uh, Mount Rushmore we did <laughs> and that's cousin Larry from perfect strangers <laughs> <laughs> because I mean his name is cousin Larry and uh and he, that that show was incredible and like yeah I talked about it last time because when we did our Mount Rushmore of the greatest Larry's <laughs> of all time uh he popped up there but um I still don't remember his name Mark John Baker I think right isn't that it I thought there was a John Luke in there. Or, or Mark Lynn Baker. I think Mark it's Mark Lynn, Lynn Baker. Baker. That's yes. it. Um, and um, yeah, cousin to to Balky, played by Bronson Pinchot. Um, I wanted to say Balky because technically he's the cousin, but it's Cousin Larry. So mm -hmm. Cousin Larry, that's my pick. Zach? I cannot believe that uh, Adam did not go with this. Uh, I'm going to pick it because I just thought Adam was going to go with it. It's from Adam's number one movie of all time. It is Cousin Sean from The Departed. Because, listen, okay, when you're doing, Kevin Corrigan, when you're doing stupid f drug deals, there is no one better to do them with than oh, your man. Cousin Sean. Yeah. Cousin Sean, with his backwards cap, going, taking a hit, riding past the police officers, is a great character. And, uh, listen, how did you not go with that, Adam? I I'm going to capitalize on it, but... It's I mean, cousin, maybe all due respect. I mean, you know, she's fine, but like cousin Sean is is the is the one to go with here. Cousin good call. Yeah, that, that's a good call. I like that pull as well. I don't know. I just I was having a hard time with like oh, who sting, sticks out with in the movie sphere. I'm like, then I thought of the like, maybe I'm like, I got that. She has Listen, to be mentioned. Are you gonna stop doing stupid dope deals with your cousin? I mean, <laughs> you can't beat you, that. You don't get like cinematic like gold like that. That line. Yeah. Yeah, in movies, if you don't have a cousin, Sean, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. That's that should be the George Washington. That pick is right the there. George Washington pick. Can we do our honorable <laughs> mentions though? Because listen, yeah, I'm more for excited it. for this than our podcast. I, I, I had trouble thinking of some, movie. so so go okay. for it, Zach. All right, I got cousin it. Yeah, cousin it. That's what I had. Oh, too. Good the cousin from Adam the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch cousin with the hair. Oh, good one too. Good, good pull. I don't remember the Michelle name Pfeiffer in the Age of Innocence. She's technically Winona Ryder's cousin. Uh, Uma Thurman in Beautiful Girls. She is the the bartender's cousin. By the way, movie that Todd doesn't like inexplicably. Shame on Todd. Uh, cousin Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Oh, oh. there we go. Good, good, good yes. one. Good one. My Aaron true Culkin. number one pick is Talia Ryder from Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, but I couldn't really say anything oh. funny about that. Ted Danson from Cousins with Isabella Rossellini. Again, doing the cousin maybe thing a little bit incestuous. And then finally, I'm shocked Terry didn't get this. Ken Mattingly's cousin, who did you bribe to get on Jim Lovell's crew? That is what I want to know. He's a great cousin. 
Good call. Good call. You know he had that list saved for like a long time. He's just waiting for an opportunity. Yeah, yeah he, he did. Yeah. I, I was trying to look up like like ideas, and the only other one I found that was that was interesting was Andy Garcia and Godfather Part Three. There yeah. we go. That's a good one. Vincent, that is a good one. It's a really yeah. good one. That's a good. It's a pick. really good one. But yeah. but it wasn't better than Cousin Larry. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I like our, I like our Mountain Rushmore. It's good. Yeah. Did you guys All have right. any others? No, I, that I, was I the only cousin, other one. I had. So we got cousin, cousin Eddie, Sean, cousin, cousin Eddie, Sean, cousin, cousin, cousin Sean, cousin, yeah, and cousin Larry, cousin Larry. Okay. Let Let's do Let's do some recasting now. Oh um, God, here we go. Why did I suggest Adam, this? Adam sent oh, out sent out a list of who we're recasting, and Why we're starting with Clark this? Griswold, played by Chevy Chase. Um, Zach, who's gonna who's gonna play Clark in in uh? I, I'm just going to go with the obvious one. It's Jason Bateman. There's no one who else who could play it, who could mix the mm. comedy and the pathos and the old age. Um, I don't know. Okay. Jason Bateman okay. as the disgruntled father figure. I, you, Hey, Adam, you appreciate it. If you're into Cousin Maybe, uh, you'd be into uh, Jason Bateman in any role. Oh, Jason Bateman's uh, great in anything. Yeah. yeah, he is great in anything. So I, I think that's the obvious pick. That's a good call. That's a good call. I kept on thinking that, um, I mean... Ed Helms should have worked, right? Uh, that that because I'm like, if you want that that like, okay, goofy, Loki, but but likable and relatable. Is the reboot of Vacation that bad though? It's I don't think it's a terrible movie. I've never seen Chris, it. Chris Hemsworth is pretty dang funny in it. Though. It it's okay. It has its moments, and you haven't it's, seen yeah. it, Terry. I haven't it, seen it. So, so it. it's it's okay. It has its Anyways, uh, the one I'm going with, I'm going with Jason Siegel. I think he could pull it off too. He's got the stature that Chevy Chase had. Yeah, it, but but he's also he's got the goofy, he's got the physical, but also he, he's got the relatable <laughs> at the same time. So this is ridiculous. We all three came up with three different Jasons for this role. <laughs> Who do you have? I have Jason Sudeikis. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's like Ted Lasso, but like. It's yeah. It's more dumb. Okay. Like yeah, I love Ted like Lasso. It's, it's a great, but I'm like I could totally see it. It's way better than my my first name I wrote down was Charlie Day, but I'm like no 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 Jason Sudeik because oh, that's no. the where that's where it's at. Charlie Day would have been would have been bad. It's, yeah, he would have been bad. No. I don't know why I thought of that originally. I just thought his freakouts would have been funny, but Jason Sudeik is that that I can I can see it. <coughs> I, I like funny. all three of those picks. All three all right. Jasons. Good job. Yeah. Now now we've got Ellen played by Beverly D'Angelo, Zach. Okay, well, the only thing notable really about Beverly D'Angelo is she's one of the great MILFs of all time. So if we're going with that, we're going to go with someone who is right in the prime of MILFhood, and that is Jennifer Aniston. Uh, who, oh. who, who, granted, sort of played that role a little bit in Horrible Bosses, but I think... And where the Millers, exactly, exactly, Adam. Um, but listen, I think she's perfect for the role, and I, I, I'd watch it, I, and I did watch it in Where the Millers... <laughs> With Jason Sudeikis. That's true. <laughs> That's a feather in your cap, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was like, Horrible Bosses, isn't that Jason Bateman, though? Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, That's why yeah. I picked I, yeah, Jason yeah. Bateman, although they were separate storylines. Okay. I'm Charlie not going to go with Colin Farrell. That was Charlie Day's story. <laughs> there we go. Maybe this movie was more influential than we initially uh, Well, I'm bringing back the cast of a different movie. My Ellen is Kristen Bell. And let's just bring back the Forgetting Sarah Marshall crew. 
and uh, and do that. I, I think I, I like the combination of those two. Do you guys ever watch the clip online of Kristen Bell crying over uh, uh, koalas? Or was it pandas? Oh, I can't remember. That. That's a great uh, YouTube Sloth. No, a sloths. Sloth. You're right. Sloth. Sloths. Yeah. Thank you. No, I've never seen that. Really? Husband, oh, my God. Zach <laughs> Shepard like a sloth. That, yeah. is a, right. that is a movie. That is a movie right there. Someone needs to look at that YouTube clip of her on Ellen and make that into a movie. I'm sorry, Adam. Go ahead. It's your. It's In the words of Andy Reid, it's your time. It's your time. I kind of want to see Jennifer Coolidge as the Ellen. Uh, we're talking oh, about that's a oh. great call. And I think she's a little old. She would probably show the, de- the, de- the aunt with dementia. <laughs> there we go. Um, I originally had thought Alicia Silverstone. I'm like, ah, oh, she nothing Maybe. too crazy. But then, nah. But I, I kind of also thought Reese Witherspoon. I, I'm not really. Yeah, so, that's ecstatic. probably it. Reese that's Witherspoon cool. probably is the. The one that I could definitely, she's not doing much anything right now anyway. Other than the morning show with Jennifer Aniston. Or Sing 2. See? Or Sing 2. <laughs> sing 2. That's true. She's yeah. Sing 2. I like how we're tying all our section <laughs> together. Yeah. All right. That, that's a good one too. But I feel like her and Kristen Bell kind of serve the same purpose. All right. Uh, Cousin Eddie. Zach, who would be Cousin Eddie? Uh, I'm going with John Hamm. Because we talked about John Hamm in comedic roles, and I think he could actually play this role really well if he just went all in. Like he, he, he went all care. in bridesmaids. He yeah, went he all in in bridesmaids. He's not afraid to go all in, and I I would love to see that. That would actually make the movie in the same way that Jamie Dornan made Barb and Star. So that that would be the reason to see it. I need to watch that movie now, Dave. You, you do, you do. <laughs> That that's not bad. I like mine better though. My cousin Eddie. I mean, if you're gonna make this today, the the trailer trash that is cousin Eddie, you you know he'd be a pothead. So it's Seth Rogen. That that's cousin Eddie. <laughs> yeah. That would have been funny. In like 20, that would have been funny in 2013. I, I think know. we got to move the, on a little I think bit. It's, I think it'd still be funny. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I'm kind of on the fence where my, my cousin Eddie could go, but I kind of dig it. Get him back into his Christmassy uh, themed movies, and that's Macaulay Culkin. Oh, oh, that wins. That's a great one. <laughs> Adam wins. Uh, Bring him out. He does win, but but yeah. if it actually happened, Zach would hate it because it'd be too nostalgic. That's not true. Listen, <laughs> did you ever watch, did you ever see on YouTube Macaulay Culkin's band that did uh, uh, cover songs with the word pizza in them? Yeah, yeah. I know of the no. band. I know he has that uh, his uh, podcast too, Bunny Ears or mm-hmm. something like that. What's up? Yeah. That's that's yeah. great. That's great recasting. That, that is that is inspired right there. Okay, last one we have Catherine, who is Eddie's uh, Eddie's wife. Um. Cousin Catherine, played by Miriam Flynn. Zach? Uh, this was a really hard recasting. I, th- To me, the, the, that role is not particularly memorable in any sort no. of way, except that she is the cousin. I went with, um, what's her name? Uh, Allison Brie. Dude, that's the same one I wrote down. Really? Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a top favorite, but I'm going Allison Brie. There we go. It's, yeah. Alison Brie. I, I also movie. picked a Todd favorite too. Actually, it was not Alison Brie. Oh yeah, uh, Thor Birch. So I think that's who I put down. She hasn't oh. much anything, but yeah. has she done anything in the last twenty years since Terry's no, favorite movie, kind, Ghost World? 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, Thor, young Thor, Thor Birch was in a movie that maybe you guys saw called All I Want for Christmas. Did you ever watch that in the early night? That's an ad. You watched it, right, Adam? All I Want for Christmas? Let me see this. It, 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 it was, sounds familiar. I've never seen it, but I was recently watching Siskel and Ebert from 1990, and they reviewed a movie called All I Want for Christmas. Like As one does in their spare time. Six-year-old uh, Thora Birch. Anyway, that, that's an interesting casting. I don't know what she's up to these days, but, you know, more po- I, 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 I support it. 1991 film, All I Want for Christmas, with Harley that, that Jane Kozak. That is a come-to-the-stable movie if we've ever had one. I, I, I agree. I also think it's hilarious that Zach is watching 30-year-old Siskel and Ebert's just Dude, randomly. What, am I, what else time. am I doing in my life? This okay. is ridiculous. A brother and sister attempt to bring back their divorced parents back together for Christmas, and the poster is them hanging Santa Claus upside down by his ankles. <laughs> by the way, Siskel and Ebert really hated this movie, but I will say in their def- Oh, that looks... That's like Looks the tarot. Like, that's like the tarot card that. Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna yeah, say. That, uh, which is the cover Bradley for the Cooper got for the 1940s. I knew version. that was a bad sign. Anyway, did, did, uh, have you seen that though? That that's the cover of the Criterion that just came out this year for the the 1947 version of Nightmare Alley. I did oh, not no, see, I that. see that. Yeah, I, I think I want to. That's buy also it now. a come to the stable movie. I think. I point. think so. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, fifty percent okay. off Amazon right now. Okay. There we go. All right. Um. All right. Did anybody cat recast any others? I've got one more that I have. Yeah, one more. Zach, too. do you have one more? No. No. Okay. Uh, so Adam said maybe maybe recast a random family member. I did not recast a family member. I recast Margot, mm. played by Julia Louis Dreyfus, and um, great pick. I tried to pick someone else, uh, some other SNL alum of some sort. I went with Cecily Strong. I think she would she would rock that role. I, it was either her or Vanessa Bayer. But I think Cecily Strong would work better. Possibly, she's got a little more of the she's got a little more of the hotness vibe to her. The hottie vibe. Yeah, gotcha. Oh, I did uh, my relative. I did. I was Uncle Lloyd. I want to see Steve Buscemi in it. I can I could see him kind of out there. I don't know. Not too much. Not great about that pick. But Steve Buscemi and anything. I just want to see him as a in more stuff again. So Uncle Lloyd's the one with the stogie. Well, I would have Lewis. Gone... Uncle Lewis. Uh, Uncle Lewis. Uncle Lewis. Yeah. It's Uncle Lewis. Sorry. I that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Not Lloyd. It's uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll I'll I exit stage left over here. <laughs> I recast Aunt Bethany with Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I pledge allegiance. allegiance. The dementia is so hilarious. <laughs> Who would Nicolas Cage play? Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> I I would say my what I went with is if if it were made today, he would be the boss. He'd be yes. Mr. Shirley. Yes. If it were made it like if we're talking like 1989, he needed to be cousin Eddie. Oh, that's that's not a bad actually. That's not I, too bad. I could see him do his freak out as cousin Eddie and that the, the shitter is full. <laughs> Just stand up once again and show show the honey bucket that's on your shirt there. Yeah, it happens, <laughs> guys. It happens. You, you wore that for a reason. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. Can we do Christmas? Can we... I had my a... Christmas party last night, and I uh, got the 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 vice the president gave us these sweatshirts. It's awesome. It was good. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. Can we do a Mount Rushmore of porta potty scenes? 
Jackass. I, I mean, we, I think we need to at some point. <laughs> Maybe not right now. Party King himself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. This is a conspiracy theory question, but I'm just going to ask it right now. So listen, I'm not a successful person in my life. I've never gotten a Christmas bonus. Christmas bonuses play majorly into this movie. So Adam, can you tell us, like, I never understood that part of this movie. It's like, he's spending his Christmas bonus money on the pool. That seems a tad irresponsible. Okay. so my And he's getting a five-figure Christmas bonus? I mean... Are Christmas okay. bonuses really that bad? I've never, I've never gotten right. a Christmas bonus. He put a 7500 down employee. payment All on right. the pool. Okay. All I know is, I, if people don't know, I, I work for a porta potty company. It's not sound great, but it actually it's a company that we're growing, right? So, my first year actually was being able to be there for one fiscal year with the company. They gave out bonuses, and we had like, oh, I'm gonna get one. I was I got hired 12 days after the fiscal year had started. So even though I've been there for 14 months, I didn't qualify for it uh, until. Oh. So that kind of sucks. But then last year I got one, but this year was actually a bigger one. And it actually, I don't want to say my number, but it, it was, it was pretty Just, I don't know, no, I think we have three people listening. Okay. My bonus before tax. We don't Holy shit. I mean, are you serious? Gary and I don't yeah. understand this. Public that was, that's, employees that's top, don't get that's top bonuses. driver. And that's not even because I haven't been a supervisor. For well, that makes sense. Year. That, that makes the movie so. actually make more sense. I would raise the movie a half star because of what you just said, because now it makes sense that Clark would start to install a swimming pool. And yeah. can I work for your company? Because <laughs> you make more money than I do. That, yeah, that um, is like my starting salary. That, <laughs> like when I, when I first started teaching that, that was literally a third of my, paycheck or my my well, yearly salary was what last, you just got as a christmas bonus last year was it was before tax was and so our company had doubled up our basically our stock went from 38 dollars a share to 76 dollars a share in a year so that's they really gave us a lot more which is uh, was good it's good i'm not yeah, fortunate, very fortunate. So do you spend your Christmas bonus money before you actually get it? Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, that was that's like the I, stupidest uh, thing that happens in this movie is is paying money that or spending money you don't even know if you're going to get. So I, I mentioned that I got uh I thought I was going to get a bonus. There was talk that I was going to get one before, but that had the 12 days uh, after I got hired. So there was that little like, oh, we're not we can't get it to you even though it's 12 days. I had promised my wife that I was going to get her a new car with the bonus, That's and then I, I, and then I didn't get the bonus, so I got in trouble <laughs> for promising something that I couldn't give. So that summer, I, uh, I got her a new car, but it was after the fact. Yeah, that's how my sister-in-law went to Europe. <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> it was on a Christmas bonus. Well, it was on money that I thought was assured, but uh, was not assured. Oh man, shall we say? Yeah, so I, now I, I just I learned my lesson once, and yeah, learned my lesson once. Never do it again. All right, I I think it's fair to say that that conversation needs to be cut out. <laughs> it does not. That was amazing. <laughs> oh my word! Okay, Especially... who had the highest war of this movie? Zach, who had the highest war? Oh, don't start with me. I hate this movie. Never start, mind. Oh, start I'll with go. someone I who's enthusiastic. I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. I'm going Chevy Chase. I think I think he is 
especially at that time, he was giving a brand of comedy that was very hard to come by. I mean, who else is he going to cast in this at this point? Like maybe Bill Murray, but I don't think he could necessarily have the relatability. Yeah. Um, Can we have the Bill Murray conversation at some point? Bill, Bill Murray could have helped this movie. I don't know what capacity. what, Cousin Eddie? <laughs> no, I was thinking more the boss. Like Scrooge, oh, okay. Bill Murray, maybe? I don't know. But I, I but were, were Chevy and Bill Murray actually talking at this point? I don't Probably know. Not. Probably, Probably not. Probably not. But I no. You, you go into like the vacation movies or have any, either of you seen Funny Farm? Yeah, I've seen Funny Farm. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah. another great example of just Chevy Chase being Chevy Chase and being that relatable everyman that is able to do the physical comedy and be hilarious at the same time and and very few could do it quite like him at that time so I, i'm giving him the highest war that's fair that's good all right adam all right well the, the character that i enjoy the most out of in this this role is a minor character and that's julia louis Dreyfus as Margot. i think she is by far like the one that stands out as like i'm way cooler than this movie actually is I really enjoy her character and Todd. Uh, uh, wait, is that the guy's? No, wait. Yeah, it's, his name is Todd. Okay, okay, cool. I was like, wait a second, I'm drawing a blank here. No, but uh, I think her is she's my favorite in this this movie. I, I can't picture really anybody in that time frame doing it as good as she was doing, and I it's it's great. I enjoy Margot a lot in this movie for the small sample size that she's in it. Yeah, she she's kind of perfect for that. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked yuppies when they were parodied in Best in Show, but not this movie as much. My uh, war performance is a tie between Juliet Lewis and Johnny Galecki. Uh, I think have they, they're 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 charming in this movie. They're both uh, very young in this movie. They're both very cute and innocent, and um, I think that they might even be an improvement over Anthony Michael Hall and the other chick who was Audrey in the original. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of fun seeing them as, as young people. Um, I do really like the moment when Johnny Galecki is at the, the, uh, the JCPenney's or whatever, and he sees Clark flirting with, Nick, uh, uh, what's her name, Nicolette Scorsese. Mary. Mary, who we'll get to later. Um, and he gives that great <laughs> look of like, oh, dad. Uh, I've been down this road before with you, and um, that's they're, they're funny, and I got really nothing bad to say about them. They're, they're good. Yeah, I love how Johnny Galecki's character is always like trying to take care of Clark in this. Like, it's a oh, very totally. different relationship he's, than he's a, sort other of ones. like a cock blocker. He's a little bit of an anti stick man in this movie, um, but uh, it's in it's it's all in good spirits. Yeah. What's the worst performance? I'll go first on this. Uh, my worst performance is Nicholas Guest as Todd. <laughs> I yeah. think he. He, he was horrible for everything Julia Louis-Dreyfus was doing. That was awesome. Uh, this guy was was like ruining it. And I just looked him up on IMDb. He has no picture, but <laughs> yeah, at the same time. time, he has one hundred and ninety seven acting credits. How does someone with one hundred and ninety seven acting credits not have a picture on IMDb? I don't know how that works, but uh, apparently he's done a lot of voice work. Is what it looks Obviously, like. Obviously, that's some, how you do it. Something had, had had to hit the stereo. Something. <laughs> something. Margo. Yeah. Yeah. He he was horrible. So that that's my pick. Adam. 
Uh, I would have to go with one of the in-laws. I think it's Ellen's dad. His name is Art. E.G. Marshall. Nothing too oh, great about it. Oh, he's fine. <laughs> uh, he's fine. I, I don't know. Todd's a good pick, though, but uh, I don't know. I, I, if I was thinking all of the somebody, crap he gives like, Clark is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Though that's that's too that's all true stuff that ha- he gives crap for. But I'm like, ah, compared to the other ones, they're not that he's not a memorable actor in that that role, I guess. But but yeah, I get what he's doing and it's all great stuff. But yeah, that's what I put down. So whatever. <laughs> all right. Zach. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all bad performances. Um, <laughs> I don't really have one that I'd want to single out, except I mean, I. I feel like maybe a four-way tie between John Randolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, and Doris Roberts, who are all talented people, but none of them are funny in this movie. And maybe it's not their fault. I mean, maybe it's just that the writer didn't feel like actually fleshing out these in-laws for any sort of specific eccentricities, just very generalized sort of sitcom, commercial, in-law humor uh, that isn't funny at all. And uh, they don't make any sort of impact. I mean, honestly, Aunt Bethany and uh, Uncle, what's his name? Uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. (laughs) Lewis. (laughs) Lewis. I'm just kidding. Make much more of an impact. Their their roles are diminished. And um, yeah, Doris Roberts... uh, her, her role prior to Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, do you feel like, Terry, that the funniest thing that ever involved Doris Roberts was when Michael Scott had that line about, I love reading airport magazines about Doris Ro- what her Doris Roberts' favorite restaurant is in, in Phoenix? You know what I'm talking about. That was funny. <laughs> That's a good line. I remember that. That was great. I love that show. Everything in the office like beats anything. So Of course. Well, the first four seasons, yes. Yeah, yeah first four. All yeah. right. It's a good call though about the in-laws though. I, I kind of I, I, I agree that's with a good that. Point. It's a that waste of opportunity, point. but it's yeah. not. It's almost not their fault. I can't really blame them out because they, all they, four yeah, of them they're are not good really actors. given much to do. Eugene Marshall's a really good actor. He was in Twelve Angry Men. Like these yeah, are these exactly. are really high quality actors. You know, Diane Ladd is Academy Award nominee. Like it's it's, I, it's I, sad. I still don't real. I still don't know how that's Diane Ladd. I like even I watched it knowing she was in it, and then I looked at it later. I'm like, there's no way that's Diane Ladd. Because yeah. it, she's just unrecognizable. Okay. Um, amazing Larry. R.I.P. Big Tim High Roller Award. Um, goes to... Who, Zach? Um, I mean, selfishly, if we're being serious here, I would go Mary. I liked every scene with Mary. No problems there. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. If, if we're being honest, I, I... It's like saying Christy Brinkley in the original. Well, I mean, <laughs> Clark is... I mean, there's certain... nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying. Clark is an asshole. I, Clark is an adulterer in this movie. Like, he says his wife is dead. I mean... No, it... no, no. He says rest in peace, but they're divorced, not dead. Yeah. <laughs> is it in here? Nipley. Did I say nipple? I did a little bit of a deep dive of Nicolette uh, Scorsese, not a relative of Martin Scorsese, married to uh, uh, RNC 2020 speaker Antonio Sabato Jr. Their relationship lasted about a year. Um, never did anything, but I'm just going to go with Mary. Why not? Uh, fine. I, I like I the Mary scenes. Very integral to uh, uh, an eight-year-old Zach Saul's sexual development in many ways um but uh yeah uh, good good character we'll go with it appreciate your honesty 
Thank you. Well, you told us your Christmas salary or your Christmas bonus <laughs> that now we're we're not cutting that out, man. We're leaving that in so your underlings can hear it. I, th I think you. I think you should just bleep what he said. Like just bleep. That was the a number. lot of money, though. That's just like... bleep the number, and then <laughs> I'd like a new kitchen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's all a... right, Adam. Anyway. Who do you have? <laughs> uh, minor character. Can I just say Snots? Oh, good. Uh, yes. Call. Yeah, Snots is a good character. I also had Margo, but I don't want to mention her again. Um, yeah, Snots, that's a great one of the great movie dogs. Uh, he has got that sinus thing that's just, you know, but if you rub his belly, he's you never seen a sack on him before. Like, Snots is a great, <laughs> great dog. So yeah. I would have to go with minor character, uh, Snots. I did like Snots. That, that part of the movie worked. Oh, uh, he's just hacking Whoa. up a bone. Oh, got it up now. So, yeah. what do you say? Mississippi Leg Hound? That's almost <laughs> funny. There was almost a part of this movie that was funny. And the, the, okay, the closest moment in this movie that I actually got to laughing at it was the part when Aunt Bethany says, "Is Rusty still in the Navy?" I almost <laughs> smiled at that part. Almost, I laughed harder with you saying the line. <laughs> All right. Um. So for me, minor character. First, uh, what what's what's the the daughter's name? Cousin Eddie's daughter's name. Oh. Ruby Sue. Ruby Sue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love her simply because she looks like Hermione. Um. Yeah. So so there's that. But uh, I'm going I'm going Uncle Lewis. Uh, I know a lot would say Aunt Bethany, but Uncle Lewis is just always there. And and I mean he blows up the tree with his cigar. Um. And uh. Yeah. He he, he gets blown up his, himself. Yeah. He blow yeah. he gets blown up himself. He puts his toe toupee on his heart while Aunt Bethany sings the national anthem. I mean, he he's just he's just ridiculous. <laughs> so that's who I'm going with, Uncle Lewis. All right. I can respect it. Stickman and douchebag. Spider Stickman, Billy Bats douchebag. Adam, you're first on this one. All right, Stickman. <coughs> in my trivia, a uh, trivia question. Grandpa looking at the sassy magazine, but yes. in the background up there, there was a a turtle really giving it to another turtle. So I'm gonna have to give it to that turtle as the biggest Stickman in the movie, because he's getting it in. You know, he's getting it in. It's it's immortalized for all of the world to see. A kid wants to honor that as a poster so i gotta give it to that turtle he's probably getting some right now uh but douchebag i'm gonna go with frank shirley you know give it cutting out those christmas bonuses you know those people depend on those bonuses for this as part of their salary so yeah frank shirley even the wife says what a dick move like come on so yeah i gotta go frank shirley the boss yeah i've got him written down as my douchebag too my sick man, I simply wrote down swimming pool. Um, <laughs> swimming pool. Uh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, the swimming pool, like, this, everything came off once the swimming pool arrived. And I think they watched. I, I don't uh, think anything else. They anything watched else, Fast Times at Ridgemont High a couple too many times, I think. It's possible. It's possible. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going. the The swimming pool is is the stick man of the movie. It's obviously not Todd. He was gonna get some, and then he, he got didn't take down a shower. He didn't. He didn't take a shower, and then 
he he refused to man up and got thrown down the stairs and punched in the face. So, yeah, he 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 tried, but I got mean, knocked out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Zach. My stick man is Clark because uh, he was in a <laughs> swimming pool with a topless Christy Brinkley at some point. But I like to. It's, I'm merging this with my conspiracy theories. So my favorite, we did a deep dive on High Fidelity, my fav- one of my favorite movies of all time. Todd only gave it two and a half stars. But uh, there's a great deleted scene in that movie where Beverly D'Angelo uh, meets John Cusack and says that her husband has run off with uh, a young woman in Jamaica and she's selling all of his record collection. And I like to think that in a way, because that scene is set in Chicago also, that that is the future of uh, Clark and uh uh ellen griswold so i'm going to go with uh clark griswold chevy chase also beverly d'angelo is covering his junk when the police come in so you yeah, gotta think true. that there is some sort of um uh you know impressionistic very imposing um masculinity going on there uh biggest douchebag in the movie um i think everybody is a douchebag in this movie i really hate this movie i think if I were to choose one, I would go with Todd and Margot as a tie. It's a good call. It's a good call. By the way, I just realized the fact that it's set in Chicago <laughs> makes uh, oh. Adam's pick of Macaulay Culkin that much better. In, ca- you, know, in case right? you didn't realize it, with, with Rusty wearing the Illinois sweatshirt and, and Clark wearing the Chicago Blackhawks jersey. Like, this movie had to have some sort of tie-in. No, with that was Chicago Rusty sports. with the Blackhawks jersey. No, no, no uh, Clark. No, Clark, Clark was wearing the win. bear. Oh, did Clark wear it? He, he was wearing a layers hat the whole time. Adam, I should but be came, for that. That's that's a no, He came too. down the the, the stairs the when he noticed on. that uh, Eddie was pumping his uh, RV into the sewer. He was wearing his Blackhawks jersey. The only two, uh, only Chicago, no baseball love in this movie. I noticed no because that was going to be a trivia question. Because they live on the north side, but they're ashamed to admit they're Cubs fans. Pretty much. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, best scene. What's the best scene in the movie, Zach? Uh, I'm going to go with the opening credits, which was originally Terry's um, uh, power ranking. It's a good song. I forgot that it's actually like a pretty cool song. I kind of liked it. It's also on the end credits. Maybe I'll, I'll rank that as my best scene because the movie actually ends at that point. Um, do, you, do you guys miss when 80s and 90s, early 90s movies did animated sequences at the beginning? I kind of miss that. That, that would have been fun. If so my idea, my idea for Mount Rushmore was more the idea of opening credit like shorts, like like yeah. actually like like it could double as a short because that's what this one does. Yeah. Hey, listen, I liked it. Uh, the song was good. Johnny Galecki and Juliet Lewis were good. Everything else was horrible. So that's all. Uh, it's all I got. There's no best scene in this movie. It's terrible. Adam. <laughs> I'm going to go with him uh, eventually turning on the Christmas lights because all those different plugs and outlets, all those different extenders to get more and more outlets just for, for one plug is crazy. And uh, seeing the Christmas lights finally come on and blinding Margo and Todd. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. I have a question but, about that scene, too. Did your guys' fathers, did Terry Sr., did they actually use a staple gun to put lights on? Because my father no. did not. That seems no. very unrealistic. Although not, maybe it's like a white trash thing to do, but that seems so like irresponsible. He's ruining the shingles to his roof. Yeah. It's, it seems like he's going to keep those up all year. That's what it seems like. <laughs> I was, 
and 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 who hangs their lights like three days before Christmas? That's the other thing too. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. no, we were watching it, and and like I said, my wife watched it once we were married, and this was the first time we watched it since, and she had forgotten like the entire movie, and so she's watching it and going, "That's a lot of staples into a roof." <laughs> yeah, because of the, the the exact same thing. All right, um, my my favorite scene, my best scene. I, I've got two of them. One is all the stuff uh, surrounding hanging the lights with the ladder, it, it, the, the physical comedy there of, of um, him stapling his, his shirt to the gutter and then flying back up against the tree and ending up behind it and then hanging from the gutter and the, the, the ice flying through the window of the neighbors. That was great. I love that. And then the other one is the other one I remember fondly. And that's uh, the attic scene and how he gets stuck up there. And then he ends up in a fur coat and um, whatever is on his head and watching old family, family movies of the, uh, of Christmas. And for some reason he's set up on top of the door and, then just disappears once it gets opened again. But my conspiracy theory is that Christmas '59 was a better movie than this movie. <laughs> Those old tapes, like him and his uncle, that looks that looks entertaining. All right, well, let's get into that then. Flaws, things are outdated. Conspiracy theories. Zach, you've said oh, a bunch God, of conspiracy everything. theories already. Um, all flaws, right, so so I've got I've got a couple flaws here. Um, one, I, I'm we were watching this today and we were wondering. What exactly is the uh, is the the sleeping situation here? Because they have a I huge think, house. I, yeah, but I think uh, Johnny Galecki and Juliet Lewis are sharing his room, are sharing Rusty's room. Is that right? Yep. So, so she has bunk beds with a bikini-clad girl autograph oh, poster up above yeah. the bed. Bassy. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. So that was really weird because it looked like they were sharing her bed because that looked much more like a girl's room and the bunk beds looked much more like a boy's room. So that was one thing. Do you guys remember how in uh, How I Killed My Babysitter or Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? The babysitter also died because there was a poster on the wall that was very uh, scantily clad. Do you guys ever see the John Hughes movie? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have I, I know that. the movie. It was, it was I never very, saw very it. reminiscent of that scene. I'm sorry, Terry. Go ahead. Okay, so then the other thing I have is um how the hell are Todd and Margot living a metrosexual life in suburbia Chicago? I mean that that those two belong in like some high rise apartment in downtown. Not there. That makes absolutely no sense why they would be living next to the Griswolds. I mean, it, 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 I don't get it. I've, li- I haven't lived in Chicago, but I know Chicago more than you do. And you do, you do. It, it, that's it. Actually, it's not terribly unrealistic. I had yuppies lived next to my mother in, in Westchester, Chicago. Okay. Then never mind. Then never mind. It, it's not terribly unrealistic. I understand your point, but your, your knowledge, it's, it's conceivable. <laughs> Okay. The, hub, okay. the yuppies have to live somewhere. Well, well, then you just corrected a flaw in this movie, and for that, it should raise another half star. I should get another half point so I can beat you in trivia. 
<laughs> All right, who else has anything? Claws, anything outdated, conspiracy theories? Yeah, I got a couple things here. Uh, so when he's hanging from the gutter, how the hell did that gutter shoot across? Yes, yes. Straight, straight, Into mind you, through a window and hit their stereo. Like the logic of that. It's like a jet engine. Like it's, You can't tell me it's that slick. He didn't spray any of that Teflon stuff that he sprayed on that sled. No, 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 no. He didn't spray that on his gutter. How the hell did it squirt over there? I don't know. By the way, the, the Teflon... Um saucer scene is the worst scene yes yeah that, that, made, that made well, sense. yeah it's pretty dumb one of many <laughs> <laughs> my other thing too is that when uh they the police come two idiots broke into the wrong house like everybody else is going out of the griswold's house and the two of them break into margo's <laughs> and todd's house like what the hell what feels okay like yeah again i'm gonna correct you adam i can't believe i'm doing this police often break into wrong houses well that, that's know, not yes. it's not totally a wrong thing that does happen oh i, guess. I was just reading a book where that happened so it's possible half star up that, that's what that's what i'm hearing that's what i'm hearing i can't believe i'm defending this movie but go i ahead. think we're up to a three and a half star movie now for for, for zach that yeah, well, they're so. probably setting up the position for the snipers maybe cool cool uh i don't know there's right. a couple of, and then what's up with the conspiracy th theory do they not get like licensed to, to get the cubs or something like that like in the movie like the cubs say no nah, we read that we didn't like the first couple movies we don't want to be associated give them the blackhawks and the bears that's all cool they could they couldn't even get the white Sox represented in the movie like they were totally making it a chicago movie filming i mean the it's, summertime. The, it's the winter the, yeah, the cubs aren't playing so maybe they just are worried about who's playing at that time i had one more thing i wanted to bring up which is that do you guys know the budget of this movie too much no <laughs> <laughs> this movie more than his christmas bonus yes <laughs> and more than adam's ding, christmas ding, ding. bonus <laughs> Um, amazingly, uh, this movie cost twenty-seven million dollars to make. Where did that money go? What is it? I'm gonna no. say I'm gonna say twenty million of it went to Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase. Exactly. Yes, that yeah. had to be it because this does not look like a twenty-seven nineteen eighty-nine money. By the way, twenty-seven million dollars—that's like a hundred and seventy million today. It's got to be like what five million went to the uh, animated opening. <laughs> That's a good point too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's that is an interesting budget for this also did you guys have friends growing up who had ford Taurus station wagons because i definitely did that was a nice nostalgic reminder yeah no one the, wanted... the only thing that was missing from that station wagon is that the kids were facing forward and not backwards yeah not oh, the backwards that's a good yeah. point yeah well they didn't need to My use those yeah because there were only four people in the car yeah nor the bucket scenes in the front. Bucket seats. In the front. All right. LVP MVP to wrap this up, and then we'll get to our quote of the day. Um, let's go Adam first. LVP MVP. LVP is the in just in-laws in general. Sometimes you get some good ones, but every once in a while, everybody's like, oh, I hate going to the in-laws. And the, the in-laws in this movie just absolutely uh, not so good. And probably Zach's rating of the movie, too, considering how much he hates it, but he still gives his positive rating on our that will change, I think. But my MVP, I think it goes out to my uh, driving instructor back back in the day, showing us that why you don't want to have road rage. Hey, look, a deer. 
anyway, that's why you don't want to have road rage. That's a great scene. Um, so my MVP is my uh, driving structure back in the day. So there nice. we go. Mm. Nice. I like it. Zach? Yeah, similarly, I'm going like personal anecdote here. I'm giving myself the MVP because I made it through this podcast, which I didn't think was going to be possible. And I almost beat Terry in trivia. It was kind of like the Titans Steelers game today that they almost they should. They, it was a bad call in the field, but they should have given the first down the Titans to win the game. Screw the Steelers. I hate the Steelers. Do you guys know the Steelers? Are, the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know that, right? They're going to get in as like a seven seed and win it all because it's Roethlisberger retiring. Oh, I'm going to hate myself for that anyway um lvp of this movie is sex in the city reboot uh because anything that makes me turn off the show to watch christmas vacation must truly be awful and so that's all i gotta say about that i like it i dig it and then there were none whatever whatever it's called <laughs> and uh, so my, many my lvp is audrey played by juliette lewis because she's just the worst like all she can, she just complains about everything. And my MVP is Rusty because Rusty is trying to fix everything, but realizes nothing can be fixed at the same time. I and, liked Audrey uh, in this movie. She she wore the beret from uh, Euro Vacation, which I thought was sort of a nice callback. Oh, that, that, that is nice. Anyways, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. Rusty was like the one like normal character. He go, He's like, Dad, never mind. <laughs> Good talk, Dad. Good talk. Good talk, Dad. Good talk. Uh, all right. Quote of the day. Quote of the daytime. I'm gonna go first, um, and uh, I'm gonna go. I've got a, I've got a couple things here, but the first thing I'm going with uh, a quote from from Uncle Lewis, uh, looking at uh, at what what's her name and what's her name and Bethany, and and he says. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. I thought that was a good line. But then the other thing was, all right, so my my first year teaching, I had a couple kids in that class that were very, very movie savvy. Like I had one kid in my class show up with a pad of paper that at the top said TPS reports and sitting next to it on his desk was a red uh, swing line stapler. Um, anyways, uh <laughs> at least at least like once a week i i teach in a christian school so we would like pray before meals and so every time it would be like all right it's time to pray before the meal he would say it's it's time to say grace grace she died years ago no the blessing every like every day every day i heard that my first year teaching because my kids i i can i come to find out later my kids were amazing that's why that's why they said it so so, uh, shout out Liam and TJ. It's been a long time. But, wow. Yeah. They're, li they're out there. They're, they're out they're there. Listening. Listening. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> right on. All right. Uh, we'll go, we'll go Zach next. My, uh, quote of the day comes from at Jenny Hogan, Hagen on Twitter, who says COVID is like sex in the city. Every time we think it's gone for good, it comes back worse. I saw that one too. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. All right, Adam. All right, I'm prepared this time, this week. And this actually is a good one, I think. So this is in Christmas vacation. Uh, Clark's going off. Um, he says, 
Uh, Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight. He's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. And I'm pretty sure that's what we can say about this podcast as well. So, yeah, that's a great one to end on. And with that, we're going to draw this podcast to a close. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, like I said, we won't be recording next weekend, but we might record midweek next week. I don't know. We have we haven't figured that out yet. But whenever you hear from us next. Uh, Until then, have fun watching movies, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.